And greetings, greetings, greetings. Good evening, everyone. Uh, Griffin Gaming here. And I'm getting an echo. Is that because I have my audio off? Has somebody got their Twitch audio on? Or is it me? Okay, there we go. It's gone now. Uh, greetings, everybody. And it's Griffin Gaming RPG. And welcome back to Soul Citizens. It's another Sunday. And we're back with a full house today. Full house today with all of our other great citizens. And uh, why don't we kick it off uh, with our good friend, Mr. Kimmy. 65 what's up brother <laughs> what is going on chat everyone what's up uh we're back <laughs> and you're and you're back in full regalia looking good as all yes always always <laughs> yes squadron 42 hat today so we're going to be celebrating a little bit of squadron 42 stuff so he's uh, he's dressed to the nines as they would say and uh we move up to uh, our wonderful gg green-eyed gal hey gg hey hey everybody how we doing today and Gigi's got green eyes to go with Kimmy's green outfit. So we're getting closer and closer there. All right. And then last but not least, of course, the legendary man himself, the ambassador of Star Citizen, Fast Cart. What's up, FC? Hey, the guys. Yeah, I can't top that. So I'm just going to say hi. <laughs> okay. Like, Griffin, we didn't all get an intro like that. Yeah, I will. Yeah, okay. Well, listen, when you guys step you gotta up your... You got to be ambassador. You got to step up the yeah the full ambassador game. You know, I don't know. Fast Cart gets the ambassador thing all the time. Um, Listen, we're, we're glad to have you guys back again. Yes, Jiro, what's up? Yes, all the super nerds are here. Yeah, we are nerds for Star Citizen. <laughs> and uh, today we're going to be kind of doing a throwback show. Um. When Fastcart and I were talking about this uh, particular show, um, it, it kind of, Squadron 42 has been the subject in the community, guys, right? I mean, recently, there's been a lot of stuff talking about Squadron 42. People were looking for- You don't say. You don't say, right? The roadmap of the roadmap. Yeah, the roadmap of the roadmap. Um, and, you know, folks were looking for some type of trailer, some type of roadmap. We heard several months back that Brian Chambers was going to be taking over the project, but there had been a little bit of silence uh, from CIG. And uh, I, I kind of thought about this show. It was just ironic, Fastcart, you mentioned this, that just recently uh, CIG brought back up the subject about mocap. And so for those of you who weren't around back in the early, early days, um, the mocap for this project was actually funded by you, the backers, the equipment that they purchased to do mocap. Yes. Initially, you, they, were, they were renting, right? Kimmy, was it from, it was from Andy Circus's company, right? At first, weren't they shooting there initially? Yeah. Then they bought- Well, they, it was both. Right. It was both, uh, Griff. Oh, both. They had their own motion capture uh, studio as well, but Andy Circus came in and lent them a hand and guidance on that. Uh, right. But I thought that they were using his. I thought they were using his no, company I, first, right? Went, right before they bought it. Before they bought it. Yeah, before they bought it. Yeah, mm -hmm. before they bought it, they were doing to, to Andy Circus. Yeah, they were using his company, and then he and then and they got they bought their own. And then you're right, Andy was definitely a consultant for them through the project. Um, and so yeah. what we want to do is go back and look at how this all got started. And not only do we want to do that, um, there was video interviews that they shot that many people in our community never saw where they interviewed all of the main stars that are going to be oh, yeah. in Squadron 42. So this is going to be kind of new for some folks. I don't know. I know Kimmy's seen it. Gigi, have you seen these, this footage yet? Have you seen it? I believe I have. Yeah. You think you have? Okay. Fast Cart, you've seen it, right? 
Yeah, I've seen it. Okay. And I have them up on the screen so I can copy and paste them into Twitch chat. Okay, awesome. That's great. So if you guys have never seen this stuff, you're in for a real treat. If you haven't seen it, it's been five years. This stuff was shot back in 2015, if I'm not mistaken. 2014, 2015. There's also one clip that we're mm -hmm. going to show that's from PC Gamer. And it's a little bit more uh, extensive interview with Mark Hamill talking about Star Citizen and Star Wars and Squadron 42, which is kind of a treat. So we're going to jump into it. Let me change my screens here because I got to do this manually. And we're going to go ahead and pick up with the very first video, which was the video that Chris cut himself. Uh, if you guys will remember, um, there, what do we call it when we get to the different land, landmark stones? What do they call those things when we're raising money, the different uh, levels? I can't hear Is you. It, yes. We can't hear you, Griff. You can't hear me. Oh. Sorry about that. That's because I clicked on the other software. What do, the, what do we call it when you get to the different milestones when they're doing the fundraising? What do they call those different levels? Milestone. <laughs> Thanks, Hurdles, Fescart. Um, Thanks, Fescart. No, uh, no. Uh, goals. Goals. Uh, goals. Financial you goals. goals. Thank you. Thank, thank you, Kimmy. Funding goals. I call them milestones. Yeah, Fescart just made me sound like an idiot. They call them milestones, milestone. Okay, so. <laughs> All right. So, anyway, they had these different goals. Thank you again, Kimmy, that they were trying to reach. And one of them was to purchase the mocap. Uh, and they had and to that raise was one of them. Yeah. $10 million. And so Chris actually yep. cut a video saying thank you to the community. So we're going to start with that one first. Then we're going to go into looking at what the pipeline is. We'll take a quick break there. And then we're going to start going into the different interviews with the different stars that are in um, the thing. Oh, before I go any further, I have to plug a shameless plug here. We now have Soul Citizen merch. If you can see that, I don't know. Can you see it? Shame Soul Citizen you. merch. I know I've got to put the play. Listen, brother, it costs money to run this thing. And so, um, listen, I'm subscribing to my own stream. Trust me, I'm trying to raise whatever money I can. So, listen, uh, if you guys are interested, we have Soul Citizen merchandise. If you look on your page now, we have uh, we have mugs, we have mouse pads, and we have, uh, what was the other thing we had? Mugs, mouse pads, and shirts. Yes, and we got to see yeah. who's going to get their shirt first, because Fastcart ordered his already, and I ordered mine. Did yeah, you... mine is in the mail. Okay, yours is in the mail? You got notice? Oh, shoot. Oh, man. All right. <laughs> How did you get yours before me, and I'm the one that set up the store? That's that's a ripoff, man. I got connections. Yeah, you got connections. Okay, you, all right. You keep creating the ambassador. <laughs> is that what it is? Is that ambassador plug that he's using? Okay, great. All right, thank you, J2. Yeah, we're trying to make things better around Thanks, here. Thanks, J2. Well, Kimmy got a real brand new spanking upgrade to his computer, so he's over there 4 k <laughs> it these days. I don't know. The rest of us have got to step up our game. Yeah. All right, so let's go ahead and look at this very first video, and this is the one that Chris cut for the community. Hopefully this will come up. Hi, everyone. I thought I'd take a minute to say thank you to all of you. We've reached $10 million, which is an amazing milestone in crowdfunding. We're the number one entertainment crowdfunded product and i think we're only second to the pebble watch in terms of overall crowdfunding dollars and we're actually fairly close to the pebble watch so that's an amazing testimony to the power of the star citizen community considering we are making a game that supposedly was on a genre that no one cared about on a platform that everyone had written off uh, so thank you to each and every one of you it's been amazing we thought it'd be fun to show you um, Brian Brewer, our lead animator's visit to the Eugene, Oregon headquarters of Natural Point, who are the makers of OptiTrack, uh, which is the motion capture technology we're going to use in our new studio that you guys out there have helped, guys and girls, sorry, have helped us uh, be able to achieve. Uh, so without further ado, check out the video. Running all cameras now, so 56 cameras, so that's overkill for a single performer. But on the left, you'll see the reference video. These are Prime 17Ws. Uh, one of them is the blue one lit up over there. The other one is right next to Tom here. 
And because they're motion capture cameras, when we do our calibration, that's the wand wave, mm -hmm. um, these are both synchronized and uh, calibrated, so they're dome position and orientation. So once you've got that, you've got reference video with 3D overlay. That's pretty nice. This is our virtual camera system. It's a uh, Red Rock rig <laughs> and then a monitor. We track this. We have our own custom thumbstick controllers here. Instead of laying down camera tracks with a mouse and motion builder or something, you can really just have a real camera rig and you can kind of go out and block your shots and, you know, I don't know, lay down your camera tracks with a real camera instead. You can kind of drive your motion builder too. You can do recording, you can do play last take, maybe step through some frames. Then you can boom up and down, you can zoom in and out. You can change the scale of your movement if you want to be like a Godzilla cam where like one of your steps is maybe like 15 meters in the virtual world. On the perimeter truss, 60 feet by 40 feet, we've got 47 prime 41s. Uh, and then we've got another nine in the, the 38 by 38 section. So it's making the ring light for the Prime 41 camera. Okay. And they're cut out of a solid piece of billet aluminum. And that's for uh, thermal characteristics as well as being very rugged. It takes somewhere around an hour and a half to make each part. So it's about three hours total between time just to make one Prime camera. This is our assembly area. Uh, where we manufacture all of the different products that Natural Point makes, including the OptiTrack product line, Track IR, and SmartNav. So on here is something like 170 LEDs, if I remember correctly. Uh, and again, this is uh, something like 20 continuous watts of power, and in the strobe mode, puts out somewhere around 400 watts of power. This is our surface mount operation. It's called SMT, Surface Mount Technology. This is where we put the chips on the actual circuit boards. This assembly line has what's called a silk screen machine. This puts the solder paste on. And then this is a robot that actually puts the parts on. And when it's going, it's incredibly fun to watch. And it goes into an oven. And then the oven reflows, melts the solder paste, reflows it, and then out comes the actual circuit. You know what? We use the range of motion for when we bring characters. Cool. Them, really helps. Well, let's do that. You want to do that? The biggest impact on, um, or the biggest reason to, uh, to select more cameras is simply for occlusion. The more difficult moves and more performers that you're going to do, uh, more cameras is your friend just because we have uh, a higher likelihood of somebody of the camera seeing an individual marker, and we need two cameras to see a marker to find a 3D point. So I hope you guys enjoyed the sneak peek of. Uh, our behind the scenes visit to uh, Natural Point. Uh, the technology feels like the next generation of motion capture for us. And the other interesting thing to point out is Natural Point are the makers of Track IR, which we're also gonna be supporting in the game. So it feels like a real uh, a natural fit for us to uh, be in business with them on multiple fronts. Uh, so that's great. And uh, I'd like you all to uh, come back on uh, June 28th. We'll be having a uh, live stream and we'll be revealing a lot of extra really cool uh, behind the scenes information some new ships and uh, also filling you in on future stretch goals because um, for us it's actually kind of fun to involve you in the process of where we're going and I think you guys like it too so um, I'll see you on June 28th <laughs>
Mm, I was just more wondering why they were building all these ginormous set pieces, honestly. Ah, yeah. Well, this was what they actually did was take us to the factory that made the motion capture for CIG because that wasn't actually at their studio. Um, so they, they just kind of showed us the manufacturing side of it. Uh, which was it called Central Point or Standard, whatever the name of the company was. Um, what was the name of the company? Did you guys? It was something Point. Um, but they were just kind of showing us the whole process of how the thing was built um, because they, they have a different area where they shoot. Now, when we look at it, these other videos, you'll see where CIG was shooting it. So it'll give it a little bit better perspective on that. But 10 million bucks for it, you know, and I guess it was cheaper to buy it than it was to rent it. Evidently, I would think that's the case. Fastcart, what about you? Anything stick out to you in there? Yeah, I, this is from June 10th, 2013. So I actually have not seen this one. This is my first time seeing it. So I, 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 I outside of the motion capture part, it was amazing to see how young Chris looked. I'm, I'm, it's always amazing to me how, how people age in this project, like, especially me, because I didn't have all this gray back, back in 2015. <laughs> but, but as far as our motion capture goes, um, I think the technology, like, it's the thing how they call it motion capture in this video, mm -hmm. but then they moved on to call it performance capture in, in, in later videos, I think, right. I think in 2015. So, um, I, yeah, I think that's interesting. Yep, it has progressed. Kimmy, what about you? Anything stick out in particular? Yeah, it was. it's compelling what they're uh, doing, right, in that regards to how they're developing the game now, because at one point they were using it as uh, facial capture specifically for the uh, mm. the actors. But then it was also uh, used to uh, bring in the, the, the body structure into the game as well. If you notice how the, they were using motion and they were doing action scenes, they want that realism. So uh, that was a, a key tool in this development track for them, uh, not just the facial for, for the actors, but also rigging the, the body structures mm -hmm. for the avatars that you see today. Good point. My point is a similar along the lines of uh, Fast Cart, and it was the fact that what stuck out to me was that Chris was 20 pounds lighter. That's where I'm going to go. because You guys are terrible. Hey, that brother's been sitting around eating a few Twinkies and cheeseburgers working on his game, obviously. It's the so, presidency. Yeah, he's a, he's a, yeah, he's, but but yeah. Fast Cart's point, he looked younger. I mean, I he did GD. look younger. They're he, wrong. Yeah, I mean, he did look younger in the video and definitely a little lighter. So, and Chris, nothing against that. We're just, we get it. Um, yeah, yeah, nothing against that. And you wonder why he's not showing way. up. Yeah. And you guys wonder why he doesn't show up either. You know, hey, well, you know what? This will be the show he actually does show up. That'll be messed up. Right? This, yeah. yeah. this, this will be the one time where somebody shows up. Hey, those guys, yeah, don't, don't send those guys to Soul Citizens anything. Those guys have been talking about you. Yeah, okay. So let's go. <laughs> let's, let's take a look at the, uh, the next video. And this one goes into the pipe. Hey, Kimmy, whatever you did, it fixed it. Thank you. There's lots of pipelines in something considered a character pipeline because it spans across different disciplines. And generally what a pipeline means is how to get from one location to another location. So in case of a character, the overall character pipeline is how to start from been. no character to an idea to the final character actually in the game. Figuring out exactly who we go to at what time, what task has to be done by a certain guy, what's gonna block other things from getting done. And in the end, do we get all the content that we need to be able to uh, technically do what we want to do. The first step is, you know, you have the actors in the studios and they're kind of capturing all their movements, facial expressions, everything, their acting performances to get all the data that we need to provide that 
information to the character and the skeleton to kind of bring these characters to life once we actually get the game object. The UK's role within this pipeline is really on the animation front. Uh, we've got a gentleman by the name of John Jones who works out in the UK. He corresponds directly with Cubic as well as 3Lateral to receive all that data in. For example, with Mark Hamill's scan sets, uh, we'd run through the 87 poses and it breaks down the face into every minute muscle movement, breaks down oh, wow. the smile into how it pulls the muscles in every direction, and that enables the guys in Serbia to recreate that movement on the head rig, which means we can pretty much get a one-to-one -one between the real Mark Hamill and the face rig. When there's an animation that comes in, he will always review it, um, and then if there's any changes that he needs to make, he'll make the change, then export that into Engine, and then uh, it's up to myself or Forrest to review it. Through that data, we kind of build the 3D mesh that's very high and very dense. And then we basically have a basic topology that we use for all of our heads, which is our edge loops, our vert counts, our face sizes. And then we have that, in a way, morphed to these high-end 3D scans. And that automatically maps all of your surface area for all your faces to the 3D data. But then once it's actually in, then that's going to be up to Steven Bender, uh, the animation director, to make sure that it all looks as it should. And I work with the animators in developing those motion capture animations so that they work well in the it's game. They're fluid. They have a good aesthetic value to it. And then I also work with the designers in implementing that as well as the programmers into the final product. And now all of a sudden you have this head that perfectly matches you know, an actor. Once you have that, we can start actually putting our skeleton on there. So one of the unique things we do is we use a muscle-based system underneath the skin. So we add a bunch of joints and muscles that deform the skin correctly as if it had real muscles. So game engine has muscles, but we use some proprietary tricks that make it work in the engine. Start with the movements, you go to the mesh, and then you go back, grab that movement data, add it to the skeleton. And now as the skeleton moves, you apply all that uh, movement data that we got, or you know, mocap, so to speak and uh, bring these, this topology that's now been morphed to the character's head uh, kind of to life. And now you can start seeing them move because we've got the skeletons on there and so on. Once we have that, you know, it's time to take this kind of gray head and then actually get it into the game to be able to start applying our diffuse maps, our normal maps, gloss, speculars, subsurface scatters, you know, kind it's of these maps that are generated from these character faces ago. through a series oh, of photographs. Gross with each its own specific purpose. Uh, we're not going for a pre-rendered approach. Like lots of games actually pre-render their scenes with very high bit rates. So you don't see that they're pre-rendered, but it, they're pre-rendered. We want to try to get it in real time, but our facial structure is so complex. It's basically cutting edge. That means like we need to really optimize in a clever way so we can actually can have we got audio four, five, again. six, seven characters on a bridge in highest fidelity talking to each Audio's other. Audio's looping through again. In real time. As we build the pipeline, uh, the faster it's getting. You have your animation pipeline, you have your modeling pipeline, you have your conceptual pipeline, uh, we have our facial scan data pipeline, um, we have our hair pipeline. So there's all these different types that kind of build the system that we, we use to actually get from the very beginning to the very end. I need them to do something with that hair pipeline sooner rather than pre
You can hear you, bro. We should be talking, but we don't hear you. I'm sorry. I'm muting my mic so I don't hear my clicks of my keyboard. Sorry. Uh, they were just saying recently that the uh, hair is coming, I think, in 3.11. I think the next update. So I'm keeping my fingers crossed for that. Um, this was just kind of giving us an idea of the process, right? Of the whole thing that they go through to go from what's being shot and how it's transferred into the final animations for the game. If I'm remembering correctly, they told us that they have thus far shot over 38,000 captures for the game thus far. Yeah. And they still shoot stuff because they constantly are adding, constantly coming up with new stuff, even refining. I think, Kimmy, you said that it's making it even better, uh, even earlier work that they did. So um, th what, this is one of the cool yeah. things about them buying the motion capture rig is that it allows them to constantly update and keep creating stuff uh, whenever they need to, or when they need to fix something, they don't have to worry about contracting out a studio and going there to have to do the work. So I thought that was pretty neat. You, anybody got any thoughts on what they saw here at the pipeline? Tier zero. Tier zero. Just give me hair, like, asexually. Hair, 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 tier long, zero. beautiful hair. Like yesterday. <laughs> you remember that that term, tier zero, tier one, yeah. two, three? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. This is this is the beginning of that where you have the Mark Hamill's, Gary Oldman's. They're they're going to be considered the tier zeros, and then from there, uh, we're probably like a tier one, and then you're going to have your NPCs as a tier three or two. Mm -hmm. So the greater the, the greater the detail, the closer you are yes, to tier zero, exactly. and then the, those things yeah. that are not so the inconsequential things go down in the tier level from tier one to yes. tier three. Gotcha. Yep, so that's the uh, thing. And they, I think they even talked about that when they first showed us the old man footage. Uh, that subject came up talking about uh, that they were putting a lot of the detail into Gary Oldman's face, like you said, Mark Hamill's face, just because of your proximity to those characters uh, in the game. Yes, so, the hero characters. Yeah, yep. there you go. That's a good way to look at it. Yep, who are the hero characters in the game? Okay, um, listen, guys, real quick. Uh, let me just say this real quick, Pascar. Uh, if you have any questions, feel free to use the link to put those questions in. If you put them in chat, we will hopefully try to respond to them. But because we're watching, we may not, we may miss it. So if you've got a question or something, please throw it into the uh, question uh, form and we'll respond to those at the end. Were you going to say something, FC? Oh, I just want to say that um, this is from five years ago, almost five years ago, and it still looks good, the um, the character stuff. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I can't, can't wait to see them see, see it in game. I mean, we already seen some of this in, in game with the, um, you know, the NPCs and stuff like that, but not, but not to this detail. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I got a fun trivia question for, for everyone here. Uh, you guys can chime in, too. Uh, what ship was introduced that year? of uh 2013 and, we, and, and, and here's a here's a hint it's not in the verse right now <laughs> no don't even go there <laughs> don't even go there because you'll get fast cart worked up and everything so don't even because that's because he's waiting on that ship so don't what ship what ship was introduced that same I year answer. let's see if anybody in chat knows ah bluesy 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 <laughs> no, Bluesy, you blew it. <laughs> it wasn't that year, 2013. That was not the ship. No, no the, uh, was it 2014? Or 2014? Okay. No, it was, that was not the ship. Oh, okay. Then I was wrong. Anybody got uh, it out there? I want to say the, not the Taurus, is it? So you should have saved no. that question because we could have get we could we could have did a raffle if you had saved that question. We should have used it for the raffle today. It's, you want to do that? Well, you it's too have... early now because I, it's no way of knowing. I have to set up the raffle thing for it, and it's no way to do it. <laughs> I, I got a mouse pad here. I could have gave away. We'll figure out something. I don't know. 
Blaystone says the Connie. No, I don't think it was. And let me say, it's it's got something to do. Can you see this pin right here? It's got everything to to the oh, who gave me this okay. pin that year. And that chip was introduced. Yeah, that microscopic pin that we truly cannot see. You got good, yeah. you got a good camera. You got a good camera, brother, but your camera ain't that good. What? Yeah, your camera's good, but it ain't that good, brother. It's a Phoenix. Oh, it's a Phoenix. Okay, gotcha. Oh. Okay. All right. It, but it's not in the game. Oh, the Taurus. Well, somebody said the Taurus already? Okay, I must have missed it. Okay. All right, well, we're going to go ahead. While we, we'll, we'll see if somebody yep. comes up with the answer. Let's go ahead. We're going to the artist now, and we're going to start out with uh, Mr. Gary Oldman. All right. Okay. Hi, everybody. I'm Sandy Gardner, and I am sitting here with Gary Oldman. Very exciting for our fans. Gary, you're not unfamiliar with working in video games, but this one was full performance capture. So how has this experience been for you? Well, it's total. The work I've done before has been, um, has been voice work. So you come in and lay down a, a vocal track and this is uh, completely different because we wear the cameras and the headgear so it captures the performance and all those other many many cameras and gizmos capture the the physicality it's more like being in a film as an actor rather than rather than the the other games i've done it's, it's been it's a bit like radio you know you go in and lay down a voice for the character right and how did the suit and the headset was that all okay for you or the technology has come on i mean leaps and bounds maybe not quite 10 years ago i was in a christmas carol and the uh, the, the bob zemeckis film with uh, with jim carrey and uh, it was the same deal you know you, you it was it was performance capture but it was cruder so what you can now do with these games is remarkable and then i think what chris wants to do our director creator um is is again sort of pushing the envelope on it do you have any funny anecdotes from the set from your shoot i play a character i play the admiral of the Krugeri ship sort of like a destroyer big battleship in the in the in the fleet and um uh i found it hard to say admirable admiral admirable admiral bishop <laughs> see i can't do it i could say you know admiral susan oh, admiral doug admiral gary <laughs> admirable bishop can't can't say it <laughs> So what happened on set then? I just ended up saying, Bishop, I'll fix it later. <laughs> I'll, I'll fix it in the edit. But um, yeah, no. I, actually, I'll be able to have that somewhere else. I can't else. even say my own name. There you are. Attention fleet. This is Admiral Bishop. No, oh, this is it. Sorry, I'm not used to acting. <laughs> Attention fleet. This is Admiral Bishop. Attention fleet, this is Bishop. 
You are ordered to a meeting with Troy. It's been nice also to reconnect with Mark Strong, isn't it? So the last time that we were working together was um, Tinker Taylor. We were wearing, you know, tweed and smelling of brill cream and, 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 you know, stale cigarettes. So it was quite nice to sort of um, hook up with him again. Hundreds of years into the future. Yeah. <laughs> in motion capture suits. In motion capture suits, yeah. What was the inspiration for the portrayal of um, Admiral Bishop? Admiral, Bu Admiral Bishop. Admiral Bishop. <laughs> um, well, Chris laid, had, a, I think, an, a real, an idea of him. Um, well, more than an idea of him, really. He is a sort of great leader, soldier, tactician in the sort of the Monk vein of the someone like um, General old. Patton, and like, you know, Montgomery or Alexander the Great. So that's, I think, the sort of the base for it. And then you, you sort of, you make it your own. You can look to either either characters in history, even sometimes you can actually look to other actors. You can have, it's like um, a sort of what I call a springboard. It's, it's um, a point of inspiration, but it doesn't mean that you do an impersonation or that you copy. Mm. You can get the spirit or the flavor, what you're looking for somewhere else. Right. I heard that you um, were just rehearsing and like everybody stopped and everybody's jaw just dropped and went. Oh. Yeah, I was just sounding it out. Right. Yeah. But well, the, the see the thing that you that I think you know people forget or don't realize is that you have to kind of when when you rehearse a play, you have. Um, six weeks, let's say, right. sometimes longer, sometimes shorter, but you'll have at least a month, at least four weeks, if not five or six weeks. And that's when you're in a room finding the character, the dynamics, the in a scene, um, you're finding your own character, you're working out the relationships, or at least no, the relationships are there, but you're digging and understanding and getting to grips with these people that you're portraying. In film, um, you know, you don't have that luxury. Right. So a lot of it, you have to kind of just do at home. You just do it in your kitchen, in your bedroom, wherever you... Right. It's kitchen acting, I call it. So you kind of like work on something. And then when you get to a space, like over here at the Imaginarium, mm -hmm. then you want to kind of like open it up. So I was just, I was just opening up my shoulders. Right. Well, Chris, Chris mentioned that, um, I guess there's some line where you're asking if anybody would like to leave. And I guess it was so powerful that a couple of the actors were like leaving. And then Chris was like, no, no, you're actually not supposed to leave. <laughs> oh, abandoning ship. Yeah. Yes, if any of you wish to leave. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think they, yeah. But it's all new 
stuff. I mean, we're, we're doing things. I've got a vague idea of what I look like. I've got a vague idea of what I'm wearing. I have a somewhat good idea of, of this, the sort of bridge of the ship that I was in. Um, but all this stuff is just, it keeps evolving. I mean, we're fighting, uh, we're fighting uh, this enemy, the Vandal. I actually only saw today what they look like. <laughs> I mean, I could just imagine that they were ugly, right. like nasty guys. I mean, that was enough. But I actually, for the first time, saw saw what they look like. And this thing behind me is that that's it's an M fifty racer ship. We use that in the the Murray Cup, which is kind of like a Formula One kind of race in space. Yeah, no, it's beautiful. It's the first, it's the first time I, I've seen it, so it's it's terribly. Yeah, we get lots of kudos with our our gaming fans. They'll be very impressed. All the people who own one of those ships currently will be chuffed. Yeah. Carry carry on the white side ship. Yeah, <laughs> so, right, really. Um, so and what so what do you feel then is the future for these types of projects like this characters? through motion and performance character. Well, I can't speak for the, I mean, I can only, you know, from personal experience and I can't speak for other people. I mean, from what I gather, Chris is a bit of the sort of George Lucas of this stuff or could, or potentially could be. Um, and he is going for a more, um, a sort of emotional, Harry Tink and Sergeant Hack, thank you guys for the follow. Really putting the player in the, really putting you in the game, um, in a way that 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 we in a way that we don't have right now. So he's sort of pioneering it, this kind of in, in, interactive play right. with the, with the game, um, and what he what he wants from it, I think, is more. It is more a, a cinematic experience where you have a, emotional connections with characters, like you would in like you would in a movie, where you root for a person in a movie, or you get to or you're you're familiar with a character and you get to know someone in a film. Um, I think he wants to sort of push the game world. Mm. That kind of basically ties into my last question for you. How how is it? Or how was it working with Chris, Chris Roberts? It's been utterly charming. Yeah, I mean, it's always it's always nice to work with a director who knows what he wants, who has a point of view, and um, and you are more so in this situation. You are you're at the mercy. You're very much at the mercy of the director because you you you're 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 asking. Uh, not only not only what it looks like outside the window but you know what am i so this thing i'm standing in front of this piece of car audio coming through kimmy with um gaffer tape on is oh yeah that's the console and then you've got your screen here and you've got your thing here you know and you say oh so this is this and that you know i mean you're blind you're kind of right it's i mean talk about running on faith Mm -hmm. So it's been, uh, 
you really need, yeah, you really need your handheld through it. But when they clap the board and say action, it's much the same thing. So when our fans go quite wild, when they find out that, that you're in our game, we, we hope that you liked us enough that you might come back. I believe, <laughs> I, I do believe, I do believe I'm coming back. <laughs> Somebody tell me. I think everybody had a had a good time, so we hope you had a good yeah, time. Yeah, I had a good time too. Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be, can't be a cracker. <laughs> Yeah. And that's it, guys. <laughs> oh, we got a little star citizens. Oh, now I I kind of translate. You're, we can't hear you, Gigi. You're muted for some reason. Your mic's not coming through. But we I think we kind of heard what your message was now. Um, nope, not hearing you. Your audio's probably acting weird. Yeah. Um, I, we knew you said something when you left about going to the door or something. That's all. <laughs> that's all we heard or something. Yeah, audio's still not coming through, but that's okay. We'll we'll get it going in a little bit. We get you got your hands full right now. Don't worry about it. We'll get it going. Um, wow, Gary Oldman. I think Umbra said this earlier. Yeah, Gum, Umbra. I'm like you. I didn't know. It wasn't until I saw this actual recording five years ago that Gary Oldman had such a heavy accent. No, I shouldn't say accent. I just never knew. I've gotten so used to hearing him speak in American English, quote unquote, that I've completely right. forgot the fact that he has you know, this accent. And I thought about like when he was in, uh, was it for Francis Ford Coppola's Dracula? Uh, even that I didn't, I never thought about it. You know, I never thought he had a European accent. I thought he was just making it up, but boom, there it is. Fast cart. Any thoughts on uh, Gary Oldman? I thought this interview was really cute. She, 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 she was just Star Trek by him and, and, and who, who, who wouldn't be? So I don't, I don't blame her at all. And, um, I, I, I think it, the, the line could have been fixed if he had said, Admiral Fastcart instead of Admiral Bishop. <laughs> if he said Admiral Fastcart, he, he wouldn't have had, had a problem. It wouldn't have been a problem, right? You're probably but, uh, right. I also, um, it's it, 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 it amazing. Like I, it, it'll come up later, but um, some people think that this game is using the likeness of these actors without their permission. And mm. it's it, it really amazing to me that, you know, no, they're the actual stars during their performance in the game. Mm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. Um, it, it is interesting. Uh, you know, to, to the point of her being starstruck, there's another reason why Sandy's starstruck, too. Many of you guys know that Sandy is also an actress or an aspiring actress, but she is an actress. She's been in films. And so obviously being able to sit across from somebody who's an Oscar award or Academy Award winning actor uh, is going to be something that she's going to be really excited about. Uh, Kenny, what about you? Anything stick out with you with the Gary Oldman interview? Yeah, I mean, Gary Oldman, right? Mm -hmm. When you look at the body of work that this particular guy has done, mm -hmm. and uh, you you look at, well, coming from what he was talking about, and you get a little insight of his personality, and looking at, and you compare that with the body of work that he's done, um, it, it shines a light a lot of light to squadron 42 that it has the potential to be something really special because uh when you when you when you say gary oldman it's not a money grab right mm -hmm. you would think that okay he's chris has these these uh quasi actors actresses coming in and they're going to do a quick money grabbing and they're out mm -hmm. they don't need any money body <laughs> 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 work that they've been you know doing mm -hmm. and they you know and it 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 lends to say that they looked at the script and said, wow, this is astounding. And, you know, he, he did lead on to the point of 
where technology is and how it's telling these new stories in this new medium. And so, you know, with that said, I don't, I don't think that it's, it's a money grab. I mean, look at the level of stars that he's brought in. And then when you look at the point of the financials, when you're talking about uh, a father and son investor came in and dropped 42 million, uh, that's to say that they don't lend money. <laughs> yeah, They're yeah. into making money. So it, it, it's just to say that there's a potential that they saw something, they liked it, and they said, hey, I'm going to make some money. Here's what you're going to, here's, what do you need? I'm sure I'm going to get my money back. Right. That's a good point. Uh, yeah. Because uh, all, all actors, right? I mean, they have agents and stuff, and agents, their job is to find jobs for them, right? And quite often, actors will get a script, and they may say something like, hey, this isn't for me. Or, you know, I'm, yeah. I don't understand this or whatever the case may be, especially when you're, when you're not a starving artist, like you said, when you're an artist who no. you're, you're making money, you can pick and choose what you want to, what you want to work on. Um, you mentioned but, Francis Ford Coppola. Absolutely. But obviously they thought that there's some worth here um, in, in, in taking yeah. on this job. I also appreciate the fact that Gary Oldman was articulate about the project because a lot of times actors yeah. will say it's nothing but a job. They go in, do the acting and leave and they don't really right. know the depth of it. They just know that I shot, and then, you know, quite often you'll even hear actors say, I never even saw the film, you know, I was in it, but I, I never went to even see it. So I love the fact that he does, he could articulate and talk about the project, Chris's vision of the project, even mm -hmm. how, how far Chris even interpreted the role that he had to play. Gigi, I don't know if you can hear, I know you've been going back and forth. Can you, are you okay? Can you hear us? Oh, okay, cool. What did you like about Gary Oldman? Anything in particular stand out? Or do you like Gary Oldman as an actor? I haven't had a crush on Gary Oldman since I was a child. So, <laughs> I, yes, I know. Don't ask questions. Just go with it. <laughs> I have loved Gary Oldman for most of my life, especially once he did the uh, Christian Bale Batman movies. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, and like you guys said, Francis Ford Coppola's Dracula, so... Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> so this might this might be the one dark reason, secret. <laughs> this might be the one reason why Gigi will play Squadron Forty Two. We just found that out now because Gary Oldman's the. You sure <laughs> will. <laughs> okay. Fair. Fair enough. Admiral. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so one thing I want to mention. I don't want to get too much about uh, too much about the story away, but I mean, he 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 actually plays an old man in Squadron Forty Two. So if you watch the trailer for the um the Bishop trailer, you can see he he's affecting his voice. So, you know, he, he had like a, a thousand voices, yeah. Not, yeah. Not, not just accent. That's very true. And Griff mentioned Winston Churchill, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's very great. That is really, really great. Okay, let's move on to the next one. And this is another popular actor. By the way, these first two actors are actors that Chris has not used previously in his films. Gary Oldman was one. And then the next one is Gillian Anderson. And yes. it's interesting it's because... The other actors that we're going to see are people that he has worked on previously, even back to the days of Wing Commander. So let's take a quick look at the interview with Jillian. There's no hiding anything in those shoes. I don't think that I was quite prepared for how exposed you are in walking around. And I was okay because at least mine was black. The only thing to do really at that juncture is just to laugh. Laugh at yourself. Laugh at the situation. Well, it was kind of fun. It was Gillian Saste. She was uh, great uh, playing Rachel McLaren, the daughter of Admiral Bishop, who's played by Gary Oldman. She was a good sport. We ran around, did all these crazy motion sets with her. And 
uh, so she was game for everything. It was made extremely friendly and comfortable very, very quickly by the other actors and, uh, and by the director. I love that high-tech gun that she has. Put your ego at the door uh, and just ha have fun. That's kind of one of the nice things that we're trying to do here is work with you know, really good actors and have fun with them and She's try to get some of their magic daughter. into the digital world. Mm -hmm. okay. Incoming. Stay sharp. You know, I look like um, Sandy the squirrel from SpongeBob. It's just strange to be doing, you know, very, very serious scenes with serious actors when you look like you look like that. Whatever technology was attached to us is picking up every single emotion. It really kind of focuses your mind on on that this is a serious situation. <laughs> You've also got Gary Oldman and Mark Strong. Yeah, we were going through a list of actresses that we thought uh, would be believable as Gary's daughter and a strong person that would be able to lead the ship because you have to believe that this person is in command and is confident, um, you know, all the things that I think Jillian can do really well. Never gets old, does it? Sir. Please. So we're going to have Gary on the set and her, but Gary will be at his station and she'll be at her station, but really Gary's on the bridge of the Gary and Jillian's on the bridge of the gauntlet. I ordered you to fall back. Can't do that, Admiral. You're dead in the water and we can help you. In our room was the plywood furniture and on the TV it was already surrounded by the ship as it will look. That is just completely new for me and I think a lot of people too. It took a lot of time to explain, oh no, don't you get it? That's what is going on here. And everybody goes, oh. Her gun handling is much better than like, uh, like us. Yeah. She looked good. I mean, like, hey, we, you could capture the combat set if you want. I think I held a gun on the fall, but when I used to shoot guns on the X-Files, um, you know, it was a Sig Sauer. It was a, you know, a proper um, issue, metal, heavy gun. And these were uh, pieces of wood stuck together, painted gray. I shot at uh, huge aliens. Initially, you know, I was running around in my suit and shooting to a degree. And then I said, hang on, let me just show you what these guys <laughs> See, that's actually the size of the creatures. So they're pretty big. This will work on them? Yes. Well, I had a huge amount of fun and it wasn't embarrassing enough to not come back again. A great day. Yeah, it was fun. pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah, I could dream come true. Julian Anderson and <laughs> Space Marines and Aliens. And it's fun to have uh, like great actors and also people you've sort of seen growing up. They're going to bring the world alive, and I think it'll be an experience that people haven't had in the game before. Because I think it'll make the world much more immersive. We're about to have company. Here they come. DT. Jillian, what'd you think about that? Do you, do you, did you ever watch her when she was on uh, X-Files? Did you ever see her? I have watched her in almost everything she's done. Really? I love Jillian Anderson. Mm -hmm. I, I thought it was pretty cool that she talked about how she had the, a real six hour that had weight and metal. <laughs> and, and then she says, I got this wooden gun. <laughs> these pieces of wood that is slapped together. I love that. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've watched her in the fall, which is a pretty good show, mm -hmm. actually. And... Of course, X Files because X Files. <laughs> yeah. 
but I, I absolutely adore her. I'm very excited to see her in Squadron 42. I loved kind of hearing her, like you said, her take on the gun after having used a real gun on the set mm-hmm. of the fall. Mm-hmm. She just has this big piece of wood that they kind of painted together. <laughs> but yeah, I'm super excited. That's cool. Kimmy, what about Jillian? Oh, I'm right there with uh, Gigi. It's it's all about Scully, right? And um, it just shows that that niche for her sci-fi. She she embodies it in whatever form it takes, and she's 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 spot on with it. And uh, you know, it's good to see her on board with Squadron Forty Two in this genre that oh, this story that Chris is telling, and it, it's 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 good uh to see that uh she's playing a, a very strong role in squadron 42 obviously not just being the you see the dynamic of and we understand that okay it's the the admiral's daughter but she's a high ranking uh, mm, officer, officer in the uee united earth empire mm-hmm. and i mean she's she's got the clout and she's doing the damn thing you know so that's uh that's inspiring for for the ladies in game as well so I, I, I love to see this. It's very refreshing. And mm-hmm. I, I love me some Scully. Yeah, it's good stuff. Best cart? Yeah, I know she can use a firearm, so I wouldn't want to be a Van Gogh in her way when, when she's shooting in the game. So, yeah, look out for that. But, no, More I've pirate. been a fan of her since X-Files 2. Um, I also recently saw her in, uh, not recently, but a while ago, she was in um, American Gods. Mm-hmm. So they were like, it was is that her? I forgot about right. it. Yes, right. Yes. So I was like, I was like, wait, is that is that her? Mm. It's it's her. So it's it was Scully, good to see her. Yeah. <laughs> well, I will say this to your point. Uh, I had to get a chuckle, uh, fast cart when uh, she said when she was first running around shooting, she was shooting like she would in any of the other TV shows. Then when Chris shows her what a Van Duel looks like, I love when she says. And this thing will actually hurt it. <laughs> you know, she sees how big the Van Duel is. You know, she's like, "Oh, this thing will actually work on it." That is funny. <laughs> the video that you played is different from the, from the video that I posted. I posted in the link. Sorry about that, everyone. But oh, yeah, okay. it, 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 some 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 actors have have um two different um, videos instead of just one. But, right. Yeah. Okay. No problem. Okay, so mm-hmm. let's move on past Jillian and let's go to uh, this is an old favorite of mine. Fast Cart and I were talking about this the other day. John Reese Davies. Uh, John Reese Davies for me is rememberable because there was a series that was put out on the BBC called um, Oh God, how did it just flew off my head? I can't think of it now. I can't believe it just slipped off the tip of my tongue. But it was the first series that I saw both he and and Patrick Stewart on. It came out in the 1960s, and it was based upon uh, the Roman Empire. And Caligula is not the term I want to use. Claudius, I Claudius, the series Claudius. I Claudius. Okay. Uh, John Reese Davies is in that, and I was telling him that even Patrick Stewart had hair back then. So, uh, it, but but some of us are familiar with Reese Davies because we've seen him in so many films. We've seen him. Uh, many memorable things such as the Indiana Jones series, uh, obviously the uh, Lord of the Rings series, it's Gimli. Uh, and so here we're going to hear a little bit from him. Yeah, Gimli, we're going to hear a little bit from <laughs> him now.
The motion capture is a nightmare. It's an iron band around your head. And I'll swear Marx is lighter than mine. Um, but you can't Molson, get them 69, thank you for the bits. We appreciate this, it. Thank you. This thing hanging out here. And you've got three little cameras there. And because they're that close to your face, they're effectively fisheyes. So you look at yourself on the monitor and you have the biggest honk you can imagine. This is Lieutenant Commander Colton. It's lovely to work with you again. We have a lot of fun together. And I, I play a man called Graves, who uh, actually served with the old man, as he's called, Mark's character, in the 118 squadron. You fight or you die. Everybody who can fight, grab a weapon. I mean, both Mark and John worked with me in Wing Commander 3 and 4. When I started doing Star Citizen in Squadron 42, I wanted to bring back some of the the people and the character of uh, you know commander steve colton his call signs old man and graves who's sort of running security on the station it just sort of felt like a natural fit for mark and john so i sort of talked to them about coming and yeah it's kind of fun to work with people you're friends with and uh, you have a lot of respect for hey listen up this is not a drill security personnel will evacuate now to the lower levels immediately He's a grand old British actor, and, you know, and he's got awesome stories, and he's a really lovely man, so uh, a lot of fun. Come on, let's get you rearmed and reloaded. This is possibly the most important battle you've ever fight. This is the current state of the art of motion capture, and, and that's one of the reasons why this project is really, A, fun to do, but really quite important. Technology and the techniques that we are learning and, and and finding now will probably find themselves in medicine, in education, uh, because you can. It's it's a real interaction. Wait, and that nice, modest young Englishman, Chris, is at the forefront of this, and uh, you know, I cheer him on. I cheer him. He always had an extraordinary patience. And uh, he's, he's just very comfortable around actors these days. And what comes across, of course, he likes the people he works with. I really am enjoying doing this. Sit back in your seats. This is going to be a hell of a ride. Well, listen, when the old man says it's going to be a ride, <laughs> I think we better take his word for it. Um, I, 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 wow, I hate to say it, but he was right. His nose was big in that camera shot. I don't know if you guys know, but it was kind of his nose stood out. I, I, but, you know, obviously it won't it won't be that distorted. But uh, Gigi, Gigi, what do you think about right. Yeah, John Reese davies What did you uh, think about? I mean, you, you mentioned Gimli earlier, obviously, because he's played so many no. roles, right? What do you think about this? I've watched all the Hobbit movies. I've watched all Lord of the Rings movies. So I know very well who John Reese davies is. <laughs> mm -hmm. I don't know. It's just exciting to see these people that I know. You know what I mean? These people mm -hmm. that I enjoy already. Their careers have been a part of supporting their careers becoming a part of something else that I love and enjoy. So that's yeah. always really nice. It's always nice to see things you like, you know, somehow managing to come together because it's so rare. <laughs> but it's always so nice when it does happen. Yeah. Kimmy, thoughts on John? Classical actor there. 
Well, no disrespect, Griff. I'm going to say John Rise Davies. I said Rise earlier, and Kimmy, but, uh, and, yeah, and, and wait, but Fastcard's going to argue the point with you because he try, he corrected me and said Reese. Listen to the listen to the video. I've been doing the one I went, not, not, not the one that um that, that the Griffin played, but the one I linked. Um, Sandy actually called him John Reese Davies. Yep. And I, I thought so too, Fat. That's what I said too, Kimmy. I was calling him Rice Davies as well. So I I had to take the slap on the hand from Fast Card. So right. maybe maybe if we double team him, we can we can prove him wrong. But <laughs> go ahead. What are you gonna say? Look at the link yeah, I played. I think we can work we, I think we, we can work take on it. Him. We can take him on. We can take him on. We can take him. But you first. <laughs> all right, me first. Thanks a lot. You first, you first. Okay, thank you. I get the first swing. Okay. It's so good to see yeah. him. In, oh, boy. It's, it's so good to see him in the normal size because I'm so used to see him as a, yeah. as a little, uh, I, I forget what politically correct word, yes. but as a dwarf now. And yeah. So it, it, it's like, oh, he, 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 he's that tall. Okay. So, yeah. I remember watching that series and not even recognizing that that was him. You know, I, I mean, it, it something resonated, but because it was a dwarf character, yeah, it, yeah. I was like, oh, wait a minute, that is they they did some weird freaking effects to make it short, you know. But I'm used to but him had Salah some one too. Yeah, you know, I'm he used did, to, he did had some yeah, he hated that makeup. Yeah, I heard. I loved him as Salah in the Indiana Jones stuff. Mm -hmm. That's where he always stuck in with me. He always kind of stayed in that space with me as okay. my, my yes. favorite character. I remember. Him. Yeah. But uh, again, and to your to both of you guys, all of you guys' points. He's like this, older statesman. Yeah, I was going to say the classical actor, right? I mean, you're right, Kimmy. That's so cool to yeah. see somebody yeah. at this level in the game. And again, as you said earlier, somebody who maybe doesn't even have to be doing this type of work, but the, the relationship mm -hmm. that they've had from the Wing Commander days no. is obviously still there. They still love working with Chris. Um, they all have some aspect yes. or understanding of the vision of what Chris is trying to do. So that's impressive to me. I mean, I, listen, guys, we know that con actors are under contract. They have to do PR stuff and everything else. But I've seen actors at different levels where you get the feeling they're just doing it because the contract says so. And then the times when you see that they actually are a bit enthusiastic we'll about the, the idea. So when he said at the end, guys, get ready. It's going to be a hell of a ride. You got to believe that that was, you know, something that he yeah. he's impressed by what he's seen as well. So. Okay, well, let's move on but, to the but what, what you said, Griff. Their body of work. Yeah, yes, absolutely, and he's got one. Yeah, we were looking at it. We were looking at his IMDb page. We were it, like impressed. Like it was stupid. Whoa, whoa. It was stupid. I mean, from the '60s all the way through. I mean, he just they had so much work. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, so let's go to a face that's not so familiar to many people. Let's uh, hop here. <laughs> Striker, uh, review this one. Striker six seven. Hey everybody, it's Sandy Gardner, and I am here for the Squadron Forty Two EPK with Mark Hamill. Mark, we are so excited that you are on Squadron okay. Forty Two, and all the fans are going to go crazy when they find out there were rumors. Did you say not so recognizable? <laughs> 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 yeah. I had to pull your chain a little bit. I remember the old days when producers craved free publicity, but I have several projects now <laughs> that I can't talk about. One, uh, I will be financially penalized if they can trace the leak to me. Just crazy. You know, it was done under a, a, a fake name, and oh my gosh, <laughs> well, the whole there, new it was, world. It was on Reddit. 
Mark Hamill flew to London. Well, he must be in Squadron 42. <laughs> I did. So. I thought, oh, I probably shouldn't have done that. I did say in London for a top secret project. Spoiler alert, not SW related. <laughs> SC. But, uh, yeah. or SQ-42. So um, can you tell us about your character? I love this guy, Lieutenant Commander Steve Colton. My father was a career naval officer and uh, I knew people like this. They were lifers. They sort of resented the more educated college yeah. boys, they used to call them. Uh, but uh, he's not a, a people person. He, uh, I remember reading that he doesn't so much instruct people as to hammer them into shape. Uh, so he doesn't suffer fools gladly. He doesn't really have people skills. He's gruff. He's, but he's also very dedicated to, to the cause, which is admirable. And uh, he's selfless in that regard. So uh, it's, it's really fun playing someone I wish I could be more like in real life. And, uh, you know, uh, Ian Duncan is playing the player. It's really from his point of view, although I'm sort of his sidekick throughout the game. And uh, it's just been as much fun as I imagined it would be. I really had such a great time working on Wing Commander with Chris and, uh, you know, the fond memories remain, but I never in a million years thought that the opportunity would present itself again. And uh, when he asked me to do it, uh, he's wow. so brilliant. I, I, I didn't need a script. I immediately said, of course, I, I can't wait. Of course, your agent says, you didn't tell him that, did you? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, play hard to get, for God's <laughs> sakes. No, but no, I, I, uh, I didn't have to think twice. It was just... Uh, a no-brainer. How was the suit and the headset for you? Well, I'd been watching the DVD extras on, you know, Planet of the Apes, uh, you know, Lord of the Rings, Avatar. And it, you know, any new technology fascinates me. So I thought, I'd love someday. You know, I'm very jealous of Andy Serkis getting all of these parts because I thought, boy, what a, you know, he's King Kong, he's Gollum, he's... Uh, all of these wonderful character parts. So I couldn't wait. I wanted to see what it would be like. Uh, and you have to remind yourself, you know, you're wearing all this gear and you look on the monitor and you think, wow, that's very impressive. I got this great outfit and a backpack. And uh, the key question is, can they make me look taller? That's what I can. <laughs> I'm sure they can. You know, make me look a little more like, I don't know, Brad Pitt or something. But uh <laughs> Because there's real, there's not much dignity there. You sort of look like a penguin uh, in these outfits and the little, you know, skull cap and whatnot and then the headgear. But uh, like I say, you look at the, the virtual sets and they're just stunning. And you imagine that if you were doing this with real sets in real time or, you know, the amount of time it takes to change over to other sets, we'd be on it for six, seven, eight months. The sets are just awesome. And, you know, Chris kept saying, and yeah, they're not even finished yet. But it's fun because uh, we'll look over or sitting in movie. a simple folding chair with uh, John Reese Davis and, and Ian Duncan. And over on the monitor, Hennis had put us on a big white sofa. 
he said John Reese Davis. I guess he got bored, and you know, you can sort of play around and do all of these uh, things. But uh, you know, I'm, I'm like a kid in a toy store. I just love gadgets and gizmos, and uh, you know, whereas Wing Commander was really cutting edge in its day. You know, here we are decades later, and, uh, you know, Chris has done it again. So fun working with Chris again, though. So oh, much fun. He's, first of all, he has such a firm grasp of every aspect of the, of the game. Because, you know, I said, well, fax me, fax me, you know, email me and let me download uh, the material. After about 500 pages, you know, I'm trying to make heads or tails out. He very kindly sent a synopsis, which was great. But like I say, at any given moment, I can say, you know, at what intensity level are we? What happened immediately before? Does this come before that scene? You know, I'd be lost without him. He's my guru. And he's so easygoing. He's not only got a firm grasp of, of what he needs uh, from a technical point of view, but he's great with actors because uh you know he's an accomplished director he knows the problems we face very succinct in this direction i mean sometimes you can get overloaded with various levels of direction and uh you know he comes in and tweaks what he what he needs but uh he's just fun to be around he's you know a great director a, a wizard of when it comes to computer games and I'm very grateful that he's uh, also a great friend. Well, we look very much forward to seeing you, Mark, in uh, wow. as Colton in the game, and also for the upcoming episodes after that. We'll be back. All right. Thanks, everybody. I'm going to jump in first on this one, just as a technical point. Uh, Chris, uh, Mark mentioned. Um, <laughs> about how many pages he had in the initial script that he had of 500 pages. And then Fast Cart, you elaborated on the fact yeah. that it has grown over the time to 1,400. But yeah. just to give you an idea, for those anybody who's done anything with film, you guys may know that a page in film is usually equal to one minute of time. So that gives you a rough estimate idea of how much um, motion capture or performance capture they've been shooting. And if they are at 1,400, that's a lot of hours. And don't forget that the Squadron 42 story is in multiple chapters. So, you know, there's chapter one, chapter two, chapter three. So they're probably capturing yeah. as much stuff as three. they possibly can. And as the story develops and grows, some of you may remember on the timeline for Squadron 42, they showed how far they were in certain chapters of the story. So just want to just throw some background there behind the, uh, behind the script thing. Go ahead, FC. Thunder. And, and one of the Citizen Con, they brought out the actual script and it was like, um, bring the paper, mm -hmm. stack high. And, and, I, I, cool. I, and I think it was then they said it was like 1,400 or 1,500 pages. Mm -hmm. and, and knowing that that story continues to grow, um, the lore team, you know, they're not just there for one, one shot thing. They're developing the story on and on as it goes on. So, and it'll be interesting to see how that story unfolds. Uh, GG Mark Hamill, you made the comment about that I jokingly... Uh, <laughs> Said it was some unknown actor, but <laughs> okay, you do not get to throw Mark Hamill up on my somebody you probably won't know. Yeah, yeah. Does anyone not know Mark Hamill at this point, right? <laughs> Does anybody not know Mark Hamill? <laughs> no, we all know Mark, right? Yeah, all right. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah. Mr. Yeah. Someone, someone says, who is he? <laughs> yeah, who is he lying? <laughs> well, you know, one of the cool things about this is that Mark Hamill does go back and say how it was no, dec- decades ago that he had worked with uh, Friss. But as you guys know, we've seen him in film, but Mark Hamill's gained so much notoriety for his voiceover work. And like Kimmy said, the Batman thing is one of the things that there's one generation knows him more almost about Batman uh than his other film credits that he's had which is kind of interesting uh and he even did batman in one if i remember even in the original arkham series i thought the very first one he did the batman voice in that in the arkham game i can't remember what the first one was called arkham asylum yeah he he did he did the batman voice in that so uh carrying that over from the animations into gaming and then of course he's done voiceover work and a lot of other stuff too uh kenny Mark Hamill. He did TV shows too, Griff, with the Ooh, Flash. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. yeah. Yeah. The new one and the old one. The Trickster. The Trickster, that's right. That's right. The Trickster, yeah. Kimmy knows yeah. his Anna. He his, came his... back to do the, yep, he DC's. He do his, uh... yeah. Yep. <laughs> no, that's great. Mark Hamill, and, and you know, again, these are all yeah, top actors. With... Go ahead, go, Kimmy. Yes. Oh, no, no. I'm listening to you guys, but, you know, it's just. It goes back. They go way back. That's mm-hmm. we know that, right? Wing Commander days, and then mm-hmm. Chris was one of the first to start incorporating full motion video, what they call full FMV back in the day. When you uh, mm-hmm. it was the advent of when the CDs were uh, introduced to your gameplay, mm-hmm. and then Chris was mm-hmm. putting in uh, movie footage, video footage of of the uh, cutscenes in Wing Commander. So that was that was groundbreaking at the time, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, this was like probably like the third or fourth Wing Commander. They started using that motion capture. So like he said, they're, the second... they're friends. They remember. go way back. Mm-hmm. And the fact that, uh, you know, he didn't even need to read a script as to what we were talking about earlier. As you said, Griff, these guys will look at a script and say, talk to the agent and they're like, uh, nah, that's a pass for me. Mm-hmm. And the fact that these guys all jumped in on it, wow! Yep, mm-hmm. good stuff. But yeah, they they they're tight. They they go way back. Wing Commander. That's that's what I see with uh Mark Hamill, Star Wars, and Wing Commander. Mm-hmm. FC. Yeah, and, and like I think after 2016, they saw the trailer with, with um with Mark Hamill's character, and someone sent a tweet at tweet to Mark Hamill saying they're using your likeness in this in 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 in, in this video game, and it was like all the replies after that is like, yes, you know, she 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 she's in the movie, she's in the video game, and like it, it, I thought it was funny. It was like people don't expect someone of his caliber to um to be in in a video game like, like that. Yeah, but you also gotta expect that nobody would just go ahead and use Mark Hamill. <laughs> you would think, right? Like <laughs> so, lawsuit, lawsuit central. Up one wall and down the other, like yeah. no, yeah, a serious lawsuit, right? I know you would think, yeah, it's yeah. Mark Hamill, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, this is very true. If well, he did something, and, and, he probably knows it, guys. <laughs> <laughs> and the other thing is, I, I think he had a promising career ahead of him, yeah, I think so. For, too. for an unknown actor, she's giving you the GGI, okay. <laughs> All right, so let's go ahead and jump into uh, Andy. By the way, folks, this is an update for those of you who came in later. Thank you all for joining us. We're kind of doing a throwback. Uh, CIG has been, you know, Squadron 42 has been the hot subject of the last month, month and a half. 
and uh, we're going to be doing a show in a couple of weeks about Squadron 42, about the game itself. So we did a throwback to go back, and some people never saw this footage of the original interviews that were done with the actors that are going to be in Squadron 42 and for motion capture. And you guys know motion capture extends beyond Squadron 42, but even in the Star Citizen universe, the things you see, like the bartenders, things of that nature, that's all been done via motion capture or performance capture, as uh, Fastcart uh, said earlier. So we're going to go to the king of performance capture now, and that's uh, Andy Serkis. Not worthy. <laughs> so we are experimenting with the uh, the Vandal uh, physicality, and part of that is zero gravity. We're using this this rig, which has got a bungee on it, because I can kind of move. Um, from stations within the spaceship with a kind of brace of a, of a cat but with, with a sort of not not completely zero gravity but with a sense of being able to move and make big leaps and bounds with a kind of effortlessly so the team we had were the, the guys that did the rigging for gravity uh, which obviously they did a really nice job on the zero g and so we were using it to sort of do a low g environment which we were thinking that the vandal kingship has and to allow the the soul to move around pretty quickly and do sort of bigger more live jumps so it was fun i was enjoying it he's so great with performance capture i mean you know he's pretty much the guy that wrote the book on it uh it's his company we were working with which is great it's been great actually i've really enjoyed it the team they're fantastic can't quite feel my inner thighs anymore but hey all in the pursuit of art and happiness So we have Andy Circus playing Thull, who ultimately will be the uh, the sort of main antagonist. And then we have Patrice. He's playing the Okurai, who is the leader of the clan. Good exercise, good creative freedom. A bit like being in a theatre workshop. Lots of fun. Patrice is, uh, is trying to find a kind of centre for his character, and uh, I'm going to do the same. We're going to be hooked up to the system, so we'll be actually able to see the avatars for the first time just right now coming up. This is going to work on that. Right now, you can actually see Seven years ago. my character drinking a cup of tea. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because uh, all good Vandals need a cup of PG tips at the end of the day. The scene that we're doing is them on the bridge starting the battle against the uh, UEE fleet. It's a piece of plastic piping covered with markers and green tape, which represents a very uh, symbolic ceremonial sword of the Vandul. This is the heart of your ship. So it's like, it's sort of like in chunk. So it can be. And everything's going to start powering up. It will look slightly more glamorous, dangerous and powerful uh, than it does at the moment. Uh, both Andy and Patrice weren't speaking English, obviously, they were speaking Vandal, uh, which uh, is a made-up language, but a proper language that was cre created by Britton Watkins, who's a, a sort of specialist in creating languages and actually does it for um, 
film. So uh, he's most recently been doing the last couple of Star Treks. Kong Lang, apparently, that's what it's called. Constructed language. We had good direction. Um, then, of course, you had the great Andy Serkis. Yeah, the language is is uh, is very guttural. It's kind of lots of <laughs> sounds, and you know, there's a lot of that going on. Yeah, it's quite it's quite rich, and and it's very fun to do. We'll be able to publish the actual language, and people will be able to learn how to speak it. And it has a combination of spoken words, some signs for emphasis. And then also the Vandal of Bioluminescence, so they'll have sort of tone changes based on mood and stuff like that. So it'll be very cool. Yes, it is a wrap on Andy. It's a wrap Thank, on you. Andy Thank you, Andy. Thank you. It's nice to, to have got to this point, actually. <laughs> All righty, Mr. Andy Circus there. Uh, uh, let's go to Gigi. Gigi, that's a, is this the first time you've gotten some insight to see the Vanduul, like with the animation and stuff, or have you seen some other stuff before? Uh, no, I haven't seen the Vanduul quite yet, so that was the first time I saw the Vanduul. And your impression? Why? <laughs> <laughs> okay, why, let, why? let me explain to you guys. Let me, let me explain to the the audience here Gigi's answer. Uh, Gigi has taken the position that whenever she's traveling in space, if there's something big and ugly outside, she will keep the engines warm on the ship and will not be going outside. So, sure. <laughs> Kimmy, talk to us a little bit. Me, I'm going to stay away. I'm blame you. <laughs> Kimmy, give us some feedback. Give us some feedback, Kimmy. It's a lot to say about Andy Circus, right? I mean, it's it's so much to say about him, uh, but and essentially you look at Gollum. He's he's Gollum, right? Mm -hmm. And then you look at the underlying things or the, the things that you're not um, uh, obviously aware of, like the the motion capture technology mm -hmm. that he's uh, part of. King Kong, Gollum itself, but him as an actor, he's he's a great actor. But again, we it, we we're we're repeating ourselves again when we're talking about these guys don't need to do this. Mm -hmm. It's it's not a money grab. They're not doing any favors. Mm -hmm. They're not doing any favors. It it falls into a parallel of what their passion is. Mm -hmm. And Circus definitely this sees is this, is this is something for this him. This is a, yeah. uh, another notch on their their road of excellence, right? Mm -hmm. When you look at the body of work that they do, they're saying, I'm going to incorporate this into my resume to say that I, I'm doing great things because I'm passionate about what I'm doing. And when you see this, uh, you can see that from that from that little bit of footage. But uh, it's just to say that we as backers, um, it's kind of unfortunate uh, due to like some of the negativity, because it, this basically says we did not do enough research with the, because the content is out there. Mm -hmm. And so I implore everyone to really do their homework when you're when if you have something really negative to say about the project, you really got to do your homework and bring up substantial facts about it, not just emotional uh, outcries, uh, but 
it's when you see the quality and level of detail of what they're doing, it's going to take some time. But when you when you have these heavy hitters like this, who's who's a part in taking charge of this project, just just be patient. I think that's the best thing to do. Just be patient because you're going to have a wonderful and great experience with this. Just with the the storytelling in itself. Mm -hmm. Again, Andy Circus speaks for himself. It's it's a no-brainer. Yeah. It's, it's Andy Serkis. And, and to that point, they could have very easily, there are plenty of motion capture performers out there. They could have gotten plenty of people, probably for a lot less money, and who would have done a decent job. Yes. But Chris is obviously bringing in people who are, you know, triple A, top folks who, one, he has a relationship with, or two, yeah. their body of work reflects the level of work that he wants to do for the game, which I think is really, really cool. Fast Cart, <clears throat> any thoughts on this Andy Serkis piece? Yeah, this Andy Serkis guy, I think he has a future in, in, in acting as well. <laughs> Much like Mark, that Mark Hamill guy that we just saw. Mm. <laughs> How crazy is he? Okay. <laughs> but um, I like the piece. It's, it's really good to go back and watch these again because I, I haven't seen these in four years. And, and one of them I hadn't seen before at all because it was 2013. So I've been trying to um, keep track and keep chat a prize of what year each, each video um, came out here and it's like most of these are 2015 2016 so it's um it's good to go back and, and get a refresher on um on, on, on the stuff the behind the scenes and you know i'm a junkie for behind the scenes stuff like when mm -hmm. i buy blu-ray and dvds and yes, stuff like that i specifically mostly buy them for, for the behind the scenes stuff yeah. more so than, than the movie or stuff like how do they do that and they, I, so I, I i just love this stuff it is it is pretty amazing and divine moose we did see that you are a lover of the van duel so uh we'll credit this piece to you um one of the things <laughs> that i really did like uh as much as i don't want to see spoilers you know we were able to see some inside stuff uh i love the fact that they were talking about the device that he had to yeah. use to start up the ship uh you know just all of that stuff that we saw and there was some perspective there and we know that the van duel have been refined even more than what we saw here so, Gigi, I hate to tell you this, but they look even worse than what they look like in here. They look animated in here. The new thing they came up with is scary. <laughs> so, oh, I, by the way, I was, I was laughing. I was laughing earlier because because of the Gigi and and Divine. She's not gonna finish Squadron Forty Two. Yeah, I know. But I love the fact that we saw some perspective of how large they were and and how would you guys think about the language piece? Because that was I had forgotten about the whole thing that they I know we've talked about yeah, developing the language for the Xi'an or the yeah. uh the Banu, but I'd forgotten about the one for the Van Duel as well. So it'll be interesting as to see if that's something that's learnable yes. in the game too, or readable or whatever the case may be. You know, so I thought that was a pretty neat piece. Uh, to me, to me, yeah. not being not being an actor, <laughs> yeah. being in the harness and stuff, that looks fun. But mm -hmm. I can imagine being in for six to eight hours a day. It's not in, it's not so fun. But you know, the way Andy Circus took off and, and landed and mm -hmm. just started walking and, and, and like like without without stopping, I thought that was cool. Yeah, it's gonna be really good to see that stuff in, in game. Yep, and to that level of de of degree, because it would have been very easy yeah, to not was, think about good. anything different. Um, about those creatures how they moved but the fact that they they talked about them moving in low gravity and so them developing an actual walk for the creatures i yeah. thought was very cool not to mention just the fact of them being able to leap yeah. like that i can't imagine when they're attacking or having to fight them yeah that's just gonna be a scary thing oh 
All I can say is that when they leave, aim for where, for where, where they're landing. Yeah. Don't, aim, don't aim for them when they're in the air. Yes, that's the truth. That's the truth. <laughs> I, I agree with you 100% on that. Flamethrowers in the game. <laughs> okay. Um, Teddy Cuddlesworth, we saw you come in, and thank you for the follow. We appreciate that. Let's uh, move on. We've got another. Now, this is a different interview with Mark Hamill. He talks about Squadron 42, but he also gets a little bit into Star Wars, and, and, and then he comes back to Squadron 42. Matachi, hey, what's up, Matachi? Good to see you. Thank you for the fight. Yeah, sure. Well, I mean, you know, so, tell me a little bit more about your character. Well, I play Lieutenant Commander Steve Colton. He's a lifer, kind of blunt guy, not a people person. Uh, they say he doesn't teach as much as hammer people into shape, but he's a true believer in in, in the cause, and uh, I I enjoy the fact that my father was in the Navy. Uh, I knew a lot of guys like this, lifers, sort of uh, no-nonsense guys, uh, sometimes resentful of the more educated college boys. But uh, he's the sole survivor of his very first mission. His entire crew was wiped out. He was the only survivor, which got him the nickname Old Man. Uh, they say prematurely in the script, which maybe they're being kind. I mean, they, I, feel, I certainly feel uh, I've grown to play an old man, but uh, uh, mostly it's because, uh, you know, he got the nickname because he was uh, the sole survivor of this horrendous massacre. Having played, um, I guess, the young hotshot, I've archetyped in a few different contexts before, including Wing Commander. Mm. What's it like stepping into, I guess, a familiar environment in terms of you know, sci-fi, this, this kind of fantasy, but in that, in that elder statehood role? Well, it's a whole new ball game. I mean, I have seen this kind of technology on the DVD extras for Planet of the Apes and Avatar, and I found the making of as fascinating as the movies. I thought, gee, you know, I'd like to do that someday, because uh, I always enjoy doing things I've never done before, you know? I did a Broadway musical, gosh, I never expected to do that, because you know, the challenges are keeping you on your toes. And I think you'll look for things that, you know, challenge you and, uh, you know, that you're not just repeating yourself. But the advantage here was Chris Roberts. I had such a good time working with him. And not only is a, a wizard of all things uh, involving games, but he's a great director and a, a great friend. And Really, when he asked me, I I didn't even have to read the script. I just jumped at it. I I, I uh, really wanted to work with him again. And of course, when they did the movie version of Wing Commander, they did the the younger versions of all of us. And Freddie Prinze played me, and we're mistaken for each other all the time. So that's a natural choice. But uh, you know, between Star Wars going back to the prequels, and then Wing Commander going back to them and the Flight Academy. My wife was saying, can't you pick one franchise that works for us chronologically? <laughs> but, uh, and working with John Reese davies again, I, you know, I just adore him. He's such a good actor. And uh, we've had some, uh, you know, Liam Cunningham and uh, Ian Duncan. Uh, it's really been a pleasure. I'm sorry to see it coming to an end, to tell you the truth. And unlike Wing Commander, we can see the monitor and see exactly the, the sets that they have. But this is really stripping it down to basics because 
you know, it's very equalizing to see everyone dressed exactly the same way. It doesn't matter whether you're a principal player or a background artist, we're all dressed the same way. Uh, virtual sets, it really is, you know, you, you spend a lifetime on movie sets and doing television and whatnot, and, and you feel like you know something, and here you're going back and learning it all over again. But it's not that different. I mean, you really, uh, it's all pretend. It, it, it's like when you're playing Robin Hood in, your, in the backyard when you're nine years old. Uh, people say, well, isn't it hard to imagine you're flying a spaceship? I said, look, you know, you've been in cutaway cars on a soundstage where they're just rocking it, and it's really no different than, than uh, more conventional scenarios. Action. All right, people, we're back in this. Racing strikes. Stop doubling up on targets. What's it like acting for a, a player character who has some freedom of movement because of the space, whether your perspective of your audience is maybe looking over there or, or wandered off somewhere? Well, that's it. I mean, you're part of this gigantic uh, puzzle in a way, and you're providing each little piece so that the players can put together their their own scenario. My character in this uh, scenario is, is, is much more consistent. I mean, there's variations, option one, option two, in terms of what the player can do. Uh, on Wing Commander, there were three columns, and they were always radically different. There was neutral, there was negative, and there was positive. You know, somebody would come in and say, I have an idea. The neutral was, all right, I'll take it under consideration. The uh, positive was, what a great idea. I wish I'd thought of it myself. And the negative is, what are you bothering me with this garbage? Get out of my office. Which is fun, but it's terribly schizophrenic. I mean, normally you can arc your character and you say, well, I better play it this way so I can get to here to point B, C, D, etc. But uh, again, once I understood the concept of, of, of what they were doing, because you know, I'm not really a gamer myself. I played games when the boys were small until I became Grandpa Simpson, where they would just laugh at me because my skills were so limited. I mean, I'd crash the ship trying to pull out of a hangar and they, eh, I can't control this thing. What's your young sons are laughing, not with you, but at you, it's time to retire. <laughs> oh man, like shapes this It's hard because, you know, over the years, <laughs> I've had young pilots come up to me and say, you know, I really got into flying playing Wing Commander. And when you get to level three, do you, and my eyes glaze over because I have to admit I'm a fraud, but I'm used <laughs> to that. I mean, eventually the public becomes, the fans anyway, are much more knowledgeable about this sort of thing than I am. I, I hate to admit that I flunked a Star Wars trivia quiz, but I did. Who knew what Han Solo was smuggling? They were going, Dad, it's spice. I went, I, I don't know. If it was multiple choice, I might have done better. But you learn what you need to learn. Once you're finished with that, you really have to forget <laughs> so you can make room for more material. So, uh, you know, I forget these things, uh, but there's all kinds of supporting ancillary books and novels and, you know, offshoots where there's so many more details that I, I'm not familiar with. And it's endless learning. I mean, as you notice, I brought my script with me so that if there are any breaks, I can memorize what I have to do after lunch. It's never ending.
perhaps to wrap up then I was going to ask you've seen sci-fi fandom particularly for so many angles like yeah. you know probably from the beginning if I guess for really organised sci-fi oh do anyone get the has your relationship has changed over the years your attitude towards it changed well, I was a fan. I mean, as a kid, I was just mad about the original King Kong. I loved all the stop frame animation, Ray Harryhausen pictures and horror and uh, fantasy. You know, I loved all the black and white universal films. I still do. Uh, when I realized, I think I saw a documentary of, on the Disneyland show, which it was called then, where you saw Clarence Nash recording the voice of Donald Duck. I don't know if I was six, seven, but it, it, it suddenly occurred to me, these things don't just emerge full blown. Somebody goes to work and actually makes a Daffy Duck cartoon. And I thought, I wanna do that. I mean, I wasn't sure I wanted to be an actor. I thought I could, I didn't know what I wanted to be, but I certainly wanted to be in the business of going to work and having a colossal ape carry a woman up the Empire State Building. I thought, I, you know, it was just mind-boggling to me, you know, that that uh, somebody got to do that for, for their profession. And, you know, I've been very lucky because, like I say, I used to go to these fan conventions because I wanted to see films like The Silent Metropolis, Things to Come, movies I'd read about but never had the opportunity to see. There weren't even revival houses that in those days uh, that, were, that I was aware of. And uh, I went to one of the very first, if not the first, sci-fi convention uh, at the Ambassador Hotel in Los Angeles. There were like 15 comic book dealers, three projectors, and I maybe 500 people all told. Uh, and then you contrast that with what the San Diego cons become. It's upwards of 200,000 people. It's corporate sponsored, so it's, it's really a, a different ball game now uh but you know i've felt such a bond with the fans because you realize without them you're nothing i mean uh, i was terrified you know when i got the part of the joker i mean i was confident i thought well they're not going to cast the guy who played this icon of virtue to play this you know one of the all-time great villains so there was no fear of getting it i thought i'm going to go in then make them really sorry they can't hire me uh, you know, so I was cocky as all get out and driving away. I'm thinking, that's the best joker they'll ever hear. Too bad they won't be able to hire me. Two weeks later, my agent called and she said, you know, you got it. I said, what? She said, you got the joker. I went, oh no, I can't do this. I mean, no matter what I come up with is going to be a disappointment. Can't you give me something a little lower profile, Clayface or... Uh, whoever, Hugo Strange. I mean, I knew Batman really well because, I, like I say, a big comic book fan uh, since a child, but uh, I just thought, oh, what did I get myself into? Because no matter what I'm going to do, uh, it's going to disappoint people. And in fact, I said, don't even bill me. I mean, bill me like Karloff in the original Frankenstein. It said, the creature, question mark. Because I said, I don't want people to prejudge uh, the performance. They did that with Michael Keaton on Batman, and he turned out to be brilliant in that part. But fans are very particular, uh, but uh, like I say, they, they almost become like a uh, family because they're so supportive uh, in everything you do. Uh, and I, you know, uh, like you say, the fandom has become so much more organized now with the internet. They have... Uh, there's so much, there's voluminous material out there uh, that they put out 
uh, it's crazy though. Our, this NDA stuff, people don't know, non-disclosure agreement, where you're not allowed to talk about anything. I, I have something coming out where they, they, there's a, an amount of money that if it leaks, because of me, I don't get that payment. If I keep it a secret until the day it comes out, I get that payment. But, you know, I, I'm good about uh, keeping secrets. I, I wonder what I, I'm proud of the fact about. that I knew a year and a half before anybody else that uh, he was actually dad. Best night I've had about uh, enough of you tonight. I didn't tell Harrison you know, <laughs> but, uh, and, or my wife because I thought, you know, you know, she, it would be terrible if she, you know, said, you know what, to a fan and it got out because Irvin Kirshner said, I know something I'm going to tell you. George knows, meaning George Lucas. I know, and I'm going to tell you, and if it leaks, we'll know it's you. Because the line originally was, you don't know the truth. Obi-Wan killed your father. And he said, we're going to take out that line and put in, I am your father. Well, I thought, well, first <laughs> of all, if Sir Alec Guinness is the real villain, that's a pretty good twist in and of itself. But this is even better. I couldn't believe Wait, it. I was so what? excited. It was Darth Vader's your father? Know, just a mind-boggling plot twist. But uh, It's almost like Darth Vader dark father in German. You never told me that. I said, I know, but I, I would have gotten in trouble if I told you. So now it's happening all over again. I'm not even authorized to tell you. No, right? Who would have thunk it? Secret. Oh, Jesus. I can see the idea. Okay. All right. Um, I was just going to ask, like, given that this project was. Keith in episode seven? Funded by people who liked Wing Commander in the first place. Like, you have any kind of, I guess, message for those people who are probably the most excited people to, to see this when this news finally breaks out of that NDA? Well, thank you. I mean, it, it's extraordinary the amount they raised. Uh, you know, I'm happy to be back with Chris. Clearly, the fans want to see us back together. And, uh, you know, we have our work cut out for us because what was cutting edge all those years ago is probably uh, looks funny to them now, you know, like silent movies or, you know, something from the 30s. Uh, and again, we have the bar set high. And uh, again, I, I'm totally confident with Chris. I mean, uh, I'll ask him a simple question. Uh, 20 minutes later, he's still talking about all the, you know, he really knows where he is at any given moment. And he's my guru. Without him, I'd be lost. <laughs> but I do want to thank the fans. I mean, I, I really want to thank the people that responded to the, uh, the effort to get this made because uh, without them, I wouldn't be here. Good stuff there. Good stuff. Um, some little insights there about Star Wars, too, which was pretty neat. Uh, you know, George, if I remember correctly, uh, Hamill's a real difficult person to get interviews with, too, which was kind of interesting that they were able to get these interviews uh, and have him talk about both Star Citizen and uh, Star Wars. And I, I appreciate the fact that what he shared about the NDAs, too. I think a lot of us had heard the old story about him not being able to talk about the Vader thing. But, uh, you know... I, I can't imagine what it's like when you have to keep all these secrets together. Even when he did the last movies uh, for the series, the Star Wars series, he had, they had NDAs going then too, you know. Uh, any thoughts on this particular footage, you guys? I would be so afraid of breaking the NDA. Like, I would still be keeping a secret like a year later for me. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, Kimmy, do me a favor. You're you're getting a delay on us, so go ahead and go live when you're talking because the delay is like really lagging behind us. Go ahead. What were we saying, Fast Card? I'm sorry. I was saying I I, I was saying that like, um, I forgot what I, was talking, what I just said. I forgot what you just <laughs> no, said. Too. We were talking about the NDA. Oh yeah. Oh the NDA. Yeah, like I, yeah, I, I would be afraid to, to break an NDA twenty years later. But like, with that kind of money going about, like millions of dollars to break an NDA, like yeah, yeah I wouldn't. I wouldn't play with that, but um, I really like I really like this PC gamer one. Now I've, I've forgotten about this one. I, I did watch it when it came out. This is um November nineteenth, twenty fifteen, so mm. five years ago. Yeah, and yeah, it's um he he does it. He does a lot of his old his old material, but it's still refreshing to see because you know it put context to what he's doing for Squadron Forty Two. Like he said, um, Chris gave him a call. And you know he he he, he immediately answered the call for this role. And mm -hmm. I think that says something for for Chris Roberts or in, in respect in respect of Chris Roberts and and as the director. Mm -hmm. Kimmy, your thoughts on him talking about uh, his past? He said he was actually a sci-fi fan growing up as a kid. Um, you know, this is it's just not the fact that this is a job for him. We got any thoughts on that? I think he's got oh yeah it's um uh, it's it's a journey uh he alluded to some of the things about that and for mark it was about discovery and finding his niche and things mm -hmm. and uh, you're just being candid mm -hmm. but along the way he he really made that mark to say chris had, uh he and chris were friends mm -hmm. but uh also it's it's still fall in line squadron 42 wing commander all this still falls in line with what became, what later on became his passion. And they're kind of in that same path, the two of them. And he has a lot of respect for Chris uh, due to the fact that he sees him as a brilliant individual. And uh, his body of work, it, it speaks to him. And so there's a common respect between the two. So he was very, it was easy. It, was, it felt like it was an easy uh, interview because he was just being so candid and being natural mm -hmm. and uh, very transparent with his, his journey. And um, again, it, it just says a lot about who Chris is, about what his vision is. Mm -hmm. And they've, they've been there and done that. But then he's, he's, look, he's alluding to that, wow, this, this kid is doing something else again that's epic. You know, so stay tuned. Yeah. <clears throat> and just to throw back on the piece of gaming history, and I think you said this earlier, Kimmy, people, I think it's going to take a little while for people to understand Chris's impact. And Matachi said something a moment ago. He said that Chris has good relationships in Hollywood, whether intentional or unintentional. When Chris left Origin Systems and Microsoft back in the day and proceeded to go into the motion picture industry, and because of his passion and love for films like Star Wars, he learned a whole lot in relation to motion picture making. And then he came out of that industry back to the gaming industry. And we know that in Wing Commander, he did begin that that full motion video where he actually started incorporating film footage into the game. It was all pixelated and everything, but it was pioneering at the time. And so I think people have kind of forgotten how Chris has brought that marriage between the motion picture industry and the gaming industry and animation, uh, you know, computers and kind of merge them into this new type of tech that we think that Star Citizen ultimately is going to produce. And that's one of the reasons why we say it's going to change the gaming industry. It's not just because it's another great game, but there's a lot more 
to what's being taken to make both Squadron 42 and Star Citizen. Gigi, let me jump to you because you have definitely a love for things like his role as the Joker and other stuff. Um, what did you think about what he said about his audition when he said that he didn't think he'd get the audition and then when he got it, how he felt about it? He said, oh my God, <laughs> you know, I can't pull this off. I was surprised. What, what did you think about that? <laughs> I wasn't surprised, but only because I feel like everybody is generally their only their own worst critic mm -hmm. you know what i mean most people are like oh man even i'm like that i know i'm like that mm -hmm. i usually get really nervous and hyped up about something and then i do perfectly fine because it's a simple situation it's mark hamill he could pull off joker if he should so feel like <laughs> he just needed the self-confidence to yeah. do it because we know like mark hamill's my second favorite joker you mm -hmm. know what i mean so clearly the job was well done he's a lot of people's first favorite joker so yeah and it's, you know, it's a lot of people he's the only joker exactly yeah well you know what's funny is this happened with heath ledger when he had to do the joker role he felt intimidated because he felt jack nicholson had pulled that role off very well and nicholson advised him and said you do your own thing you know and and, and it's got to be hard not like the jack nicholson joker well but, but my point is is that it's hard when someone has established a role in such a hard way to come behind it and come up with something that in some way still reminds you of it but then at the same time takes on its own unique you know ident identity kind of like when we you know Gigi, we joked around about when someone tries to sing a great song, a Luther Vandross song, you better come right or don't come at all. You know what I mean? It's just you better sound like Luther or you better pick a different song. <laughs> right, exactly. So you could imagine with him being a comic, you know, loving comics and loving sci-fi to say that you're going to now do the Joker. Uh, I joked around about Cesar Romero in there earlier, but even Cesar Romero's representation of the Joker was considered classic. Michael Keaton, when we got to Jack Nicholson, it was considered classic. So, yeah, and now you've got Heath Ledger who steps it up even more. And it's been real difficult for people. Still, Most people still say nobody's beat Heath Ledger's role of taking on the Joker. They um, haven't for in me. Live Nobody action. has beat yeah. Heath Ledger for me. Heath so, Ledger is mm, probably going to go down as an all-time favorite. Joaquin Phoenix was trash. Garbage. <laughs> you didn't like it? Garbage. Oh, yeah. Truck juice. Okay? <laughs> like, stinky fish hot dog water. You can say fast Garbage. No, I was going to say that um, um, another recent example is the X-Men um, franchise. Like, they had um, Patrick Stewart Professor X in that generation. They went backwards to, to find younger characters for first class. Mm -hmm. And I can, I can imagine and how intimidating... I can, I can imagine how intimidating it was for, for those actors to 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 to, to, to play those roles after yeah. you know having a multi million dollar. Jamie said that he was horrified, and the only reason that he did it was that Sir Patrick Stewart was on set giving him advice <laughs> on how to play a <laughs> professor. <X. laughs> wow, wow, yeah, that happens. Okay, guys, we got one more video to take in, and this one is uh, kind of encapsulating the whole Squadron 42 piece, so let's jump into it. So motion capture is just the body um, 
you know, like the head position, but it's not the, the facial, not the performance. So all the stuff that we're shooting on performance capture is all the performance Squadron. in Squadron 42. So the dramatic scenes, you know, people's dialogue. And so we capture their motions and, um, you know, what they're saying and what's happening on their face to map it all onto their sort of di digital alter egos inside the, the world of Squadron 42. We'll be doing that here in the Imaginarium stage uh, at Ealing Studios uh, for the next three months. My name is Ian Duncan and I'm, uh, I'm playing the player. So everything's from uh, my point of view and all the interactions that every character has, it's, um, it's with, my, with my character. It's kind of cool and different, so I'm, I'm looking forward to the challenge. I'm getting my markers on my head and my body. No, I'm getting markers on my body and a camera on my head. Yes. We wear the cameras and the headgear so it captures the performance. Regular, every day at work. We've got this helmet on our heads that actually films every little close-up. I mean, you can't really get much closer than this. It's going to pick up every single feature of ours. All those other many, many cameras and gizmos capture the, the physicality. I don't know, 50, 60 or so cameras. I'm just making up a number there. I did mocap last time five years ago, and it's already evolved. I think I look pretty sexy. <laughs> and that's why I'm here. And I don't think, scan down, just to check. <laughs> that's the money shot. Because <laughs> everyone looks very odd. <laughs> Wearing like you know, all in one very uh, suits that don't leave much to the imagination. You feel very self-conscious, but the uh, the trick is obviously to lose that self-consciousness and just kind of be yourself within the space and play the character within the space. A bit like being in a theatre workshop. It's all in your mind. Hold the famous Squadron Forty Two. Yeah, it's like make believe. Yeah, it's like B Five again. Yeah, it's like B Five again. <laughs> Whoa. Mental, physical <laughs> training's been pretty intense. Um, sat and had a cup of tea this morning and then came here. <laughs> so you have to go through a series of 90 plus expressions ranging from frowning, smiling, looking yeah. up, looking down, left, right. And uh, the combination of all those things mean that they can then control the way that you look digitally. First time you do it, it, it can feel very weird. It's quite a test. I love it. I, I feel very at home here. From what I gather, Chris is a bit of the sort of George Lucas of this stuff. Thanks for the follow cards. Really putting you in the game in a way that we don't have right now. Where you have uh, emotional connections with character. The old days when I did Wing Commander, I felt like the sort of advanced uh, sort of cinematic storytelling in games back then. Uh, and I think, you know, our cast is something that you would even have, you would have in a movie, definitely. Um, in a way that you don't normally see in games, which is pretty cool. Yeah! He's kind of the charming, famous one. What took you guys so long? You almost missed all the fun. Thanks for the subscription cards. Appreciate it. We had Liam Cunningham this morning, uh, who's playing Captain White. And Tetmar, thank you for the follow. I think Bishop's going to be a great character. Uh, Gary's awesome to work with. You know, he's bringing a lot of nuances to it. Some of you may asking why undertake such a thing. I can tell you with one word. Victory! You better be on your way! A little bit starstruck. It's like an extra level of nerdy geek out. EVA back to your ship. Luke Skywalker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were going through a list of actresses that we thought uh, would be believable as Gary's daughter. Jillian was my top choice. We'll handle it exactly the way you did on the X-Files. She's great. She's tough. She's awesome. She definitely holds her out. We got Harry Treadaway, he was amazing. It's going, man.
Like we're getting drunk before we start work. It's a good day. Oh, this is a uh, space whiskey. It's uh, five thousand. Cox, euros. thank you so yes, much for the five <laughs> gifts. We really appreciate so, that. I mean, a really joyous experience. Yeah, I mean, working with all the the A listers was just amazing. The fact that uh, I got to be in every single scene was was a real, real honor. Cast and Chris have done an unbelievably great job. It's going to kick other games in the ass. The message to fans would be that thank you for enabling us to do something at this level. Uh, what we shot here was way, 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 way beyond what initially I thought I would be able to do. So I know it's hard to wait, but tr trust me, it'll be something that uh, I think you'll be glad that you supported. Thank you so much, guys. Uh, it's been a pleasure. I'm pretty excited to see it sort of come alive. It's going to be a crack. Yeah. Very cool. So let me uh, ask, and this is a question out to the chat. How many of you guys are interested? Is there anybody who's muted in Discord? Oh, am I? Oh, thank you, Fastcart. I don't know. Why I always had this problem when I switch. Um, here's my question: the, When you guys see all this, does this make you want to play Squadron Forty Two even more? Or are you kind of more about just wanting to do the universe only, or is it? And, and to the chat also, let me throw that out there to you guys too. Are you looking forward to Squadron 42 or are you pretty much like, ah, it's a standalone game. I don't know if I want to do it. I want to just go straight into the universe. Uh, Kimmy, let me start with you. Uh, Squadron 42, you into it or, eh, just give me the universe. Uh, at first, uh, a while back, it was all about the persistent universe. Um, this video didn't change that. It it just reaffirmed that I don't want I don't want to know anything about uh, Squadron Forty Two for the mm -hmm. sheer fact that I want to enjoy the story, get into the interaction of how this thing unfolds. Mm -hmm. uh, again, uh, I'm excited about Squadron Forty Two, uh, but at the same time, one of the two things that I say this all the time that's hard about this project is the time frame and the tech hurdles. But when it's all said and done, as that one gentleman said, uh, this game is going to kick the butts. It's going to kick butt in regards to comparing to all these other games out here. And the industries, they're shaking in their boots. They're afraid because it's going to change the status quo. It has that potential to do that. And people will want better quality uh, games that will, you know, incorporate the interactions and, and um, a story, a more more developed storytelling, not just chill, die, repeat, wash, you know, that, mm -hmm. that adage. Mm -hmm. But uh, something of this nature where you're, you know, you're blending in a video game, a movie, and it's interacting at the same time, interaction at the same time. But yeah, I am all in with Squadron 42 because it's going to be the cherry on the top once we really get all the aspects of uh, the persistent universe in. But then it's going to it's going to embed itself into that lore and to that memory of what this game is all about and what you went through. You know, you get those little extra treats as you play through it and you get those little extra perks. Right. So, but still, it's going to embed that story. It, it has a potential to be there with Star Wars. As they said, he's the George Lucas mm -hmm. of video games. So. Yeah. I'm excited about Squadron 42. This reaffirms it for me. I want, I want to say this about something you said, Kimmy, because one of the things that I think that has been off-putting about this game is that we've had, we haven't had a lot of games that have had strong story 
where story is equal to or even exceeds beyond, you know, the gaming or gameplay. And it's been such a long time that there are a lot of folks who don't know that's what Chris is striving for. I, I kind of laughed when they showed the beginning of this particular clip. Did you guys see where they showed the soldiers' feet running? They showed that was the exact same shot that was in the very first Wing Commander. Chris kind of revitalized that same thing where they're running wow. on alert. It's it's it's, it's 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 actually in that trailer as well. Um, but I think that the story will be one of the things that drives people home because most recently, a lot of games that have come out, people have said they've been very shallow because the storylines just weren't there. You know, that the action was there, the gameplay was there, but nothing to make them want to come back and keep going further. Gigi, what about you? How are you about this in relation to the standalone versus the universe? Yeah, I'm six of one, half a dozen of the other. Mm -hmm. I'm excited for it, but I want star citizen more than anything else mm -hmm. like i want a fully finished version of star citizen more than i care about squadron mm -hmm. 42 that's just the honest to god truth um but i do want squadron 42 because i like the idea that you have to get through squadron 42 to enter into the star citizen universe mm -hmm. i am the person i like to start from the bottom I don't like to throw myself into something and then try to figure it out as I go. So I do like to work from the beginning of something where I have all the information that I need once I get into Star Citizen. I'm not mm. just in Star Citizen, you know, mm. trying to figure everything out all of a sudden. But Star Citizen is my main um that's my main desire main desire okay and we've got a mixture of responses here quinn's saying the squadron 42 is kind of like the optional piece matachi says he wants to see kind of combination of both um and 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 and, and, and the people do feel differently about this fast cart what about you are you uh squadron 42 first in the universe or universe squadron 42 How, where are you at yeah and Tommy gaming said he he's he he wants to on squadron 42 and he backed with squadron 42 and the citizen just just to carry on top of him mm -hmm. i am 60 40 on squadron 42 and star citizen I, I i i want both but i i i i really enjoy the games like x-wing and x -Wing and tie fighter mm -hmm. back in the day when lucas art and um you know ha having a story driven campaign it, it, i i i miss those days so i'm really looking forward to squadron 42 and more more so than ever that if you finish the game, there's the rumor, or maybe fact by now, that you push, you might get a F8 Lightning for finishing the game. So mm. I can't wait to, to, to be able to, to get that and fly that and any persistent universe. Yeah, but if I'm back. correct, though, you have to finish the game at a certain level to get the F8. Like, you have to come in at a certain and you know uh, I'm going to yeah. I'm going to yeah, replay yeah, every yeah, mission yeah. until I get like two stars or five stars. Heard <laughs> that? <laughs> yeah, I'm. You know, I, for me, when I came into the project, I, some of you guys know I was an Eve player. Uh, I was getting really disenchanted with Eve, and what I what caught my eye was the persistent universe. I came into this hearing about it in 2013. I I didn't I wasn't around when the original backing was about Squadron 42. The persistent universe was the thing that I had heard about. And so that grabbed my attention because I know how much I enjoyed operating within the EVE universe. And I, my hope was, was that Star Citizen was going to be an improvement or a better persistent universe in some form. Um, and then I heard about Squadron 42 afterwards. So that was kind of like the back end for me. And so I was more quicker to sign up to get into the persistent universe. But then the more I learned about Squadron 42, I'm like, okay, this sounds pretty cool. So I'm kind of like you, Fast Cart. I'm a little bit more 60 40 because the standalone game is great but the thing i know that i'm going to spend my time in 
is the social dynamic of the universe. That's the thing that that really has my attention, and I got a lot of that from Eve. But I will definitely play Squadron 42. And, and a lot of you guys know, if you were around back in the old days, uh, you used to have to get these separate modules. If you remember, you'd have to buy the base game for the universe and then the base game for Squadron 42. Um, so, you know, and, and I think from my understanding that the price is going to change later, guys. These are going to be solid yeah, standalone prices. Yeah. So Squadron 42 is going to be like 60 bucks. And the person universe is going to be like sixty bucks. So if you're if you're thinking or, about or getting close to it or close to yeah. it, yeah. So if you guys are thinking about getting into the game, get into it now, where you can get your bang for the buck and get both games two for one. Unless you just want to wait it out, and I can understand there are a lot of people who are waiting to see, and we get that. We don't want to discourage anybody who wants to just say, "Well, let's see how it goes." But if you're really interested in into it, we want to encourage you guys to, you know, consider go ahead and, and purchasing it now and backing the game. Um, Anyway, yeah, and to, mm -hmm. to your point, yeah, uh, to your point, in twenty fourteen or twenty six or twenty fifteen, they actually had discount packages. Like for first yes. time um, buyers, you can you can buy both Star Citizen and Fortnite forty two for twenty dollars. But now you but now you have to pay like sixty five for both. So it it, it likely will go up again. That's true. Thank you for the raid, Uber Nerd. Oh, Uber Nerd. Oh, oh my you. God. Uber Nerd just raided us. We were about to raid him because we were going to close out. <laughs> we were about to send our people to him and he sent them here. Oh, my God. GG's comment, though. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, go ahead. Uh, GG, I like your comment about the, the Squadron 42 being the proven ground. But I I laugh. when you, The reason why I laugh, I apologize, because when you said uh, Squadron 42 and, and the that image came into my mind, and you, I'm hearing you, GG, say, "Ain't no way in the hell I'm gonna be looking at some scary ass Vandal <laughs> and dealing with them." <laughs> yes. <laughs> She's gonna burn them with fire. She's gonna get that yeah, flame. Yeah, that was why. Yeah, yeah. yeah I <laughs> so think it's, it's, it's still on. Yeah, Uber nerd. Thank you so much for the. Fill it with fire. Yes. Yeah, we appreciate the rate of 90. Thank you, Uber Nerd. And we were, man, dude, you beat us out because I was hoping we were going to send folks your way tonight because you're always blessing us and looking out for us. And we appreciate that. Uh, Tennessee Lee, thank you for the follow. Tennessee Lee, um, thanks for the follow. Yeah, you know, and you might have missed us the other day, Kimmy, because, you know, Gigi did uh, Friday Night Live. And one of the questions that came up, if you remember from SEL, was yes. about will they build a flamethrower and Gigi was like oh yeah you know <laughs> she said That's Give me or I want to burn all the bugs all the giant creepy yeah. crabs all the vandu I want to burn everything just give me the flamethrower please and thank yeah. you I will keep it on me at all times I was actually on live um in the chat and I and they were talking about fire so much and I said hey what about a fire uh flame right, you did yes that's right yep sunrise airman thank you for the follow we appreciate that uh, so let's get some final thoughts here. Um, you know, uh, for the Uber Nerd team, thank you guys for coming in. We were just about ready to do our final thoughts. We're sorry that we that you kind of missed out, but we went through the making of mocap today because we're going to be doing a show in a couple weeks going into Squadron 42. But we took a reflection back and saw the interviews with Mark Hamble and Julie Anderson and John Reese Davies and Gary Oldman, so right. Andy Circus. Yes, I said it right that time, and we got to hear what they felt about what it took to. Uh, be in in the development of this game. So uh, let me go to Kimmy first. Kimmy, give me some closing thoughts about what you think about mocap. You know what we saw today. What do we have to look forward to in relation to Squadron? Oh my gosh! With the motion capture, uh, it's 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 laying out the groundwork for a compelling story. It has that potential, 
for a compelling story that we're going to interact with these people. And I mean, not just the Mark Hamels, but your, your crew members, the NPCs, and you're just going to be delivered this, this huge universe and this, 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 this conflict, this drama, as, as uh, Gigi alluded to, uh, why are we here? What's our purpose here? But at the same time, uh, the events will push you and pull you into these situations. And based upon what Chris has done over the years, especially with the groundbreaking work of Wing Commander and him being a storyteller, I think we have the potential to be in, in, in the store for something very ep epic in that regard, not just visually, but uh, the way this story is going to unfold. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, Squadron 42 and seeing like uh, what, you, what we're doing here with the motion capture and, and getting all that back in, it revitalized and my fervor, fervor and passion for Squadron 42 again. It just revitalizes it and, and, and keeps me um, on that parallel of ex expecting expecting greatness out of this project right here. And that's why it's taking so long. They, mm. they got to get it right. They yeah. got to get it right. That's a good because point. Because these, these guys and gals put their name on it. It says everything. Yeah. And let me, let me shift to that for Gigi's question. Gigi, you're a bigger movie person because half the people you know. I'm, one of the people, I'm not sure if you know who's in here, is the guy, you'll probably know his name, the guy who played Superman. Does anybody remember what his name is? And Henry Cavill. Yeah, Henry he's Cavill. he's in in here. Henry no, 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 I no, 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 I know, I know you do. I was saying I didn't oh. remember. I, I couldn't remember his name. And I was going to say, when you know people like that are in here, it, do you think this is a draw for people when they see these big actors? And how do you feel about seeing now that you've seen some of the actors, you know, fully? How are your feelings about it? <clears throat> um, I don't know. It depends on the kind of person that they are. You know, if if things like, you know, celebrities and whatnot draw you in, if that kind of thing does enchant you, then yeah, it probably will be a larger draw for that group of people. Mm -hmm. For me, I just never really cared very much. Mm -hmm. um, not that I don't, like I said, I very much enjoy seeing people that I know, you know what I mean? And that I enjoy their work already you know, into something else that I'm enjoying, but stars don't enchant me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So... If I were coming from the outside of Star Citizen and I had seen that commercial, I probably wouldn't have cared mm -hmm. one way or the other. Mm -hmm. But having been, you know, a part of Star Citizen and seeing it from the inside made me a little bit more enchanted with the idea of it. <laughs> I will say that the level of mocap that they are doing for a video game is right. like wow mm -hmm. this is not a movie you know what i mean and we're mm -hmm. seeing stuff that it looks on par with yeah. lord of the rings the style of mocap that they're doing looks like the same way i was watching benedict cumberbatch when he was you know playing smaug mm -hmm. so <laughs> yeah. for them to be doing this for a video game is absolutely insane mm -hmm. and yeah, I mean, along with what Kemi said, yeah, they do have to get it right. Because at this point, 10 years and $350 million later, if they don't get it right, that's their career. If they don't get it, their career is in the toilet. Yeah. They must perfect this. They don't have an option anymore. So I said, take the time you need and make it right. Yeah. yeah. I mean, to your point, the industry is watching. And, and the money thing, it's sad that, the, and I shouldn't say sad, 
the money thing is definitely something that points people's eyes to see what the accountability, not just the community, but the industry is saying, what are you going to do with $350 million that's going to be any different? Will it be any different? Will it be money that later on people say, wow, I can't believe you know we put this money into it? I, I just had a comment on our YouTube the other day uh, to someone who responded, and, and they basically their statement was, anybody who's interested in Star Citizen, you need to look into... <laughs> Cogs, thank you so much. Five gifts, dude. Captain thank you, Flash, thank you, thank you. We sun. truly appreciate that. Um, and and they were basically saying, you know, look into this, look into Chris Roberts' history and stuff. And I'm always amazed when people want to talk about Chris, quote unquote, failures, but don't measure that against his successes. And Chris has had many more successes. And 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 I think what I said in the comment was this. Some more subs coming in. <laughs> and these are all of the subs that Cogs did. These are all gift subs. Thank you so much. So here's here's the thing that I pointed out. The thing I pointed out is this: Intel, AMD. Uh, who else is it? Intel, AMD, Amazon. These companies have their reputations on the line with this game too. And so I'm sure they have done their research Good and point. looked into the development of this game. And they, before they put their names and money into it, they're going to make sure that this is not, quote unquote, a scam. You know what I mean? And that there is some progress happening in the game. So to my to my point, I, I think that there's enough to, to both you all's points. They've got to get it right. And we'd rather they get it right because we've seen what happens when games get pushed out too early. Everybody all of a sudden is a hater and on the other side when the game didn't come out at the right time. Captain Aethercat, thank you so much for the follow. Fast Cart, let's, uh, let me wrap it up with you with this whole motion cap thing. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, they just told us recently they've done over 39,000 or 38,000 mocap shots. That's a lot. Gigi just said, this is motion picture level. This is, you know, we're talking Lord of the Rings level type of work that they've done in relation to mocap. Yeah. Give us your thoughts about the whole mocap piece and what we can you know, be looking forward to in the future. I, I forget when it came out, but there was a recent, well, I can't say recent, but there was a Squadron 42 trailer uh, a, a little while ago where they had the, um, a bishop overlooking devastation and everything yeah and you could tell that you know the, the mocap is, yeah. is really paying off for, for them because it, it, i mean it looks smooth i mean i i mean i remember back in 2000 2001 there's a movie called final fantasy spirits within mm -hmm. the, the performance character of mocap in that one yeah it, it, it was all jerky and everything like mm -hmm. um people standing still and, and you, you can see them jerk, jerking a little bit so it was it, 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 the, the technology wasn't there now it is here and it's like it, 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 it's definitely movie quality um that performance in the video game so i'm looking forward to, to seeing it um one thing i forgot to say doing the Andy Circus um, interview uh, uh, video. Um, I, I like how the, the band girl had like, uh, wolf, wolf, you, you notice they had Wolverine claws mm -hmm. almost? Yes. So, so I think that, I think that, that that's gonna be um, interesting to try to melee with them. Like, I, well, you, want to, you want to kill them from a distance. You don't want to melee with, with, with a Van Duel. No, absolutely. I think the rule is that if you see a Van Duel run, and if you see a van, <laughs> if you see a van with no armor on, run even faster. So <laughs> something to, to keep into consideration. He's a veteran. Yeah, definitely. Yep. Yeah, you don't want he's to mess with him. Yeah, he's yep. like, I don't even need armor. That's basically <laughs> their attitude, right? <laughs> okay. Well, listen. Um, we are going to wrap this up. Uh, we really appreciate you guys coming and hanging out with us today. Uh, Gigi, would you mind giving us the social media? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead, Kimmy. 
Oh, he's talking to me. Oh, I don't know if he's talking to me or not. Let's. Uh, no one answered that uh, trivia question. Oh, nobody answered the <laughs> trivia question. Okay, go ahead and throw throw the question out there one more time, Kimmy. <laughs> Look at fast card. Okay, what was the what was the ship that was introduced that year of the mocap? 2013. What was the? Sh uh, we don't have it. Here's a hint. It's not in the verse as right now. So what was the ship that released that was released on 2013? Uh, release? You don't say release, right? Because it's not out yet. Nope. Sorry, Shadow Valorian. Sorry, Cog. Ah, uh, J2 Smiling Viking. He's got it. Yes. Oh. Oh. I don't know why I didn't think that. Yes. Yeah, I come. It was released. Uh, ben Lesnick uh, released it on September of uh, September first, around uh, Labor Day, I think, or something like that, at Dragon Con, uh, twenty thirteen. I completely forgot right. about that. You got yeah. me on that one. The Endeavor. Okay. Gigi, would you mind closing us out with our Go little pitch for following, please? All right, our Soul Citizens, do, as you can see on our screen, you can find us at Soul Citizens at about pretty much every social media platform that there is. Please do come hang out with us. Um, there'll be about two or three of us for Friday Night Live, and you can come and chat with us. It's an interactive talk show, so you guys can actually be in the show with us and chat, talk, ask your questions live. We love to have a good time with you. We love to talk to you guys, so please come out with us for Friday Night Live. And also, you can find all these lovely gentlemen and myself on Twitter um, at our, our things are down in the, <laughs> what do you call it down there? Information. Okay. Information yeah. below. Thank you very much, Fastcart. <laughs> Check it out, the info below. You can get all of our information. Thanks, you can find us on Discord and such. And we will see you guys next week, Soul Citizens. All right, we're going to be uh, doing a raid for... I'm sorry, go ahead, Fast Cards. Make it quick, because I'm about to raid. <laughs> this community. How big do you think my nose will be in performance capture? <laughs> <laughs> okay, Fast Cards. Okay, that is enough. Gigi's going just... to punch you in it, and it'll be a lot bigger. I can tell you that. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> Listen, guys, thank you guys so much for being here today with us. Next week, See us next Friday, if you can, on Friday Night Live, interactive talk show where you can join in and come on the show and talk with us and uh we appreciate the support as always to uber nerd uh and to everyone else today who subscribed who followed follow us uh like us and uh we'll see you guys real soon as always peace love and soul <laughs> you guys take care